Hello gamers from around the world. This is Boxenberger, the video game enthusiast from Germany. And I would like to welcome you to today's special episode of the world of gaming. And, and why is it so special? Not only do we have two amazing guests, but we have to run the show without my co-host. Wandering Dutch is at his home country where he was born in the Netherlands uh, for the week. But um, we had these fine gentlemen here filling in. First of all, let me welcome Gaming Forte. Man, it's been way too long since we've been on a show, so I'm so glad you made it. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Um, just working a lot. Lightfall just released on for Destiny over the... I've been playing that a lot, playing mm. a bunch of other games and stuff. Um, actually, funny enough, I just bought a brand new flight stick for Flight Sim, so I've really Sweet. been diving into that uh, because I, I'm a huge um, aviation nerd, so I just bought one of those like two days ago and been playing a lot of Flight Sim with that. Nice. So shout out to Microsoft for bringing this amazing game called Flight Sim. But um, yeah, what about you, man? How how's everything been with you? Oh, it's it's been great. Um, actually, I had a fantastic week at work. Um, we had like, you right. know, our yearly reports from from management, and um, I got I got some praise. I it, it's you know, <laughs> that's always good. So I, I feel good energized this week, and so I'm looking forward to to having the show. I've uh, been playing some games, of course. Uh, played a lot of h4 again this week surprisingly mm. um close to the 600 hour mark now <laughs> um but um yeah season four is fantastic man um and i love it um i'm this close to getting i'm playing online ranked matches and i'm this close to rank for the first time to platinum two tier so um Touching into the the regions where the esports players play, so oh yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting. Um, so, but let me also welcome Math Man. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good, man. I'm like we're about to get hit by some storms later today, so some pretty significant ones. So, we're gonna be keeping an eye on that. We'll maybe go hiding in the closet here and there. I hope it doesn't okay. affect our show tonight, but we'll see what is happens. Is that snow? <laughs> is it snow? No, it's not it snow. snow. It's it's starting to get in in this area when we get into springtime, which we're on that cusp right now. Yeah. We get insanely severe weather. So okay, tornadoes possibly, large hail, high winds, the typical stuff. Can you imagine yeah, living in a? Can you imagine living in a state or a country that doesn't know what snow is and doesn't yeah. know how to? adapt to snow like mad do they shut down a whole state when it snows there it doesn't snow here we get ice okay okay so, same day ice so same when thing. we when it, <laughs> yes because we don't have salt we have sand right <laughs> so they just like cover the roads with play sand pretty much is what it feels like and it's like yeah let's just slide around a little bit more <laughs> you know it doesn't help anything so you know like, especially on the neighborhood roads and stuff like that like the main roads do better because the more cars that drive on it it mm -hmm. helps but in the neighborhood roads like we got one uh, about a month ago and literally i couldn't even walk on the grass because it was that much compacted ice like it wasn't depressing when you walked on it it just like slid so you can hardly even walk to the car so the whole state became a uh, yeah. Became and we don't have rate. like car tools to like break the ice or like you know windows stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just like yeah, yeah. let's just go sit in the car and wait for an hour for this thing to melt off of my windshield, pretty much. Uh, 
it's it's not fun when it happens but it <laughs> you know you remind me a lot of my roommate i had in when i was in my early 20s i lived in a, sh a shared apartment and i had a roommate who came from mexico he was like a f exchange student yeah he went to the university local university and and his, in his first winter, he saw for the very first time in his life snow. And he was like, ooh, snow. And he didn't even have gloves and nothing. He was absolutely not prepared for those temperatures. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, did y'all see there was like some snow in Disneyland or something like that? I did. That that is oh. crazy, dude. I've never Magi seen. Hey, man. Well, look, Magic Kingdom, man. Everything yeah. magical stuff snow. happens there. Wonder if it was in the frozen area, you know, like oh lord, frozen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right Matt, what, what have you been playing oh i've been playing this and that at age two um mm -hmm. on console amazing implementation for rts yeah controls. definitely uh all you people that said it couldn't be done i'm laughing at you now because it is absolutely impeccable age two on uh series x and s is is, is great experience um yeah i've been playing that Still Warzone off and on with with Kate. Uh, that's her, one of her favorite things to play. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to trying some more along. I have played a little bit of Atomic Heart. Uh, that's really mm. cool so far. I played a little bit of it, maybe like two hours. But uh, besides that, just just this and that, man. I'm a I've been pretty busy, so I haven't had as much time to get fully invested like I do sometimes. Uh, but yeah. the other one I keep going back to, I cannot pull away from. Is Midnight Suns. Mm, uh, I nice. think my, I my have not favorite, tried that yet. It's so good, dude. My my yeah. favorite two games right now are Age Two on console mm. and Midnight Suns. Point blank period. Sweet. I mean, I can't blame you about H2. I played it on the console. I I fully agree on the um, controller implementation. Um, it is fantastic. Uh, really, the little things I was worried about, like. Okay, how gonna are they gonna manage grouping? How will they provide like a chance to chain commands of of your workers together? How will they tra transfer that to console? And they did a wonderful job. It's simply me being addicted to H four that much and having played almost six hundred hours in H four. I gotta tell you, man, H two simply feels outdated. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, that's fair of enough. course. And later uh, this year, we're gonna get H four on console. Too, yeah. So the, the most exciting thing for me is like age two being as good as it is right now. Yeah. It gives me so much hope for age four, right? Absolutely. Because um, they nailed it with those controls and they can take everything they learned with doing that yeah. game and, and put it in the other. There's some differences, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we've been playing four player co op against the, the AI, like four player skirmishes versus mm -hmm. four player uh, AI uh, with like Pong and Jasper and Psychonauts, a bunch of nice. uh, family over there and fun speculation. But the uh, man, the amount of units and the chaos you can have in age two <laughs> is uh, when doing four v four, it's it's amazing, dude. Absolutely, it is. It is. I recently played um, H four online with uh, with Dutch. Uh, <laughs> uh, nice. We also started playing again against the AI. Um, but uh, then we went against other players in a team. It was so much fun, man. So much fun. Um, yeah. Uh, let me briefly shout out Drawn TJ, who sends in the first super chat of the day. He says, um, hey, guys. Hi, Mev. Hi, Forte. Hi, Boxenberger. Sony screwed up. Yeah. 
we we're gonna talk about that a little later in the show. Um, the EU uh, basically, yeah, gave them uh, not the EU, pardon me, the FTC uh, basically said, "Hey guys, you you guys have to present your exclusive roadmap, and it's it's gonna be an interesting discussion. We're gonna have that later, a little bit later. I, f I first want to start with something I got excited about. I don't know about you." Guys, um, but when I heard that Math is on here, um, it, it, people already started DMing me again and asking now the tough question, who actually is the leader of the marchers? We need to know because, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because no. last week we had Pong on and right. Pong denied this title and said it's actually Math. So Math, who is it? No, see, Pong is just trying to like back down from being embarrassed <laughs> about it if it doesn't happen. So I, I've I've been standing on the square and I've been saying like, no, this is gonna happen. And now Pong thinks it's gonna happen too, right? We're still on board. Mm. The thing is that we did not accept Pong Soul's resignation as the leader. Okay. So he is still until we say otherwise the leader of the marchers because you know. He's we got to have a face, and he's on so many podcasts, right? That Hong Soul has to be designated as as leader, and I think that it was originally mm. Rand that designated him the leader of the Marchers Cabal, right? Yeah. Um, shout out to Steel Rain, I would think is one of the first ones to put out that date back like <laughs> eight or nine months before, um, before it was even a big conversation. He uh, he put that yeah. date out, and we always kind of speculated, well, when could it be? That day looked like a good, like a good day, and we're still on. Yeah. We're still, we're still uh, holding strong, man. I, I know that all the insiders said, "Hey, the uh, imminent announcement for the deep dive," and we're like, "Yes, this is going to yes. be our time. The marchers yeah. are going to rise and laugh in everybody's faces, right?" <laughs> however, <laughs> however, this is uh, it's been a little bit of a setback this week. Mind yes. you, though, our determination has not wavered. Our I, we're still confident because. Guess what? They're still mm. next week. And if they announce the deep dive next week, it would still lead us with enough time for the deep dive to actually happen on the 15th, which is when a lot of the insiders said it was probably going to happen anyway, mm -hmm. which would mm. still give us a good uh, two weeks lead up before launch. So let's go. <laughs> Forte, where do you s stand on this? Uh, you part of the marchers? Listen, he is now. Man. We converted him on Friday. They converted me the other day. I was sitting there like, okay, this all kind of makes sense. I mm. was like, there's a lot. I mean, it's not illogical. I mean, as much as people sit there and they think about it, it's like, there's no way that they're going to do this with no build up for one of the biggest IPs that, well, one of the very first new IPs that Bethesda has, right, kind of released outside of Redfall that's getting ready to come up. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, dang, but then when you start thinking about the numbers, like, if, if they want to, this, this is all predicated if you want to hold them to the whole 12 month theory. Everything yeah. that was shown last year. Is going to be here before January, or June of this year. Yeah. And when you start thinking about the months that are left, there's not really that much time. You know, <laughs> March, is, March, is, March is wide open for them. I think a lot of people that are kind of against it are thinking like, there's no way they're going to release Starfield before Redfall because Redfall was always the game that was always thought to come out first. Mm. Um, but who really knows? And I think a lot of people. I believe that. I do. I, I always said that I, I'm not March. I don't know about March, but I said before Redfall. Right. Yeah, uh, that's, that's where that. I was at. Like before yeah. Redfall. But 
I will say this though, the biggest thing for me, it ultimately comes down to um when you think about what happened at their last showcase, I think a lot of people are like really holding on hope to the fact that there's a good chance that they could announce something. I don't know if it would be Starfield. A lot of people are hoping that's what it is. But that whole hi-fi rush situation, I think everybody's hoping like Microsoft could do that again. And they're mm. going to do it with their biggest IP of this year. And I'm like, yeah. so I, the only reason I'm converted to it is because there's re- I'm really hoping that they don't delay Starfield out of the first half mm. of this year. Because the yeah, only way that too. this, because ca- I don't think it's going to come in June, is either going to come in March like Mav said, yeah. And like the rest of the marchers said, or we're going to see something in like September for that game. Yeah. And that's the, and, un- and unfortunately it, it sucks either way. Either it's going to be really no marketing for it and they're just going to push it out, which is great, but not, not as a, a business smart strategy. as it should be. Yeah. Right. Not a smart business strategy, or they're going to delay the game and we're going to get yeah. it later on in the year, which, you know, sucks, but yeah. it's coming though. That's all that really matters. I mean, I'm always happy when they take the time they need to actually bring it out uh, in in that presentable stage. And like you said, it's a a big release. I I dare say it's probably at least in the top three of their biggest releases ever. Mm -hmm. If you think about what what a Starfield is, this is really like the the hype level of of a Halo 3 kind of uh, release mm-hmm. it's the makers of skyrim that their, their first new ip in in 25 years um used to be like this uh, this, this uh brand that is known across all platforms yeah it's almost still coming out on, on many platforms pc cloud and of course a console but um this is a significant big release and I get that they take the time to polish it up, but like you guys um, already said, um, they have to kind of think where to put this game. I don't see that in in, in May. They don't, are not going to cannibalize themselves uh, against Redfall in June. I also don't see that with Diablo uh, coming that month. Um, There's so much in June. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh. And then they are, in in May they also have like um, Zelda is coming that month and and things like that. And you you kind of want to avoid that. So that's why I've said before Redfall. So that means probably april or i'm with forte it's then like september or even october and then they make it uh, one of their big holiday games um mm-hmm. but the shitstorm will be big if they move that out of that 12 oh, month yeah. window you know you know the shitstorm and so i was really thinking about it um how much lead time for a big marketing campaign do you actually need when you have like this showcase I bet that the game comes out within the next three, four weeks after the showcase because that's when the hype is big. That's when everyone is going to start to talk. You don't need like months and months and months of marketing. Yes, our, our, yes that's what we've been saying, man. I exactly. will say, I will say, Pong made a really good point where he talked about, I forget what game it was that they released, but uh, Bethesda did Ob- release Oblivion. Did, yeah, Oblivion. They did announce it and did release it 18 days later. Hmm. Yeah, they yeah. did. They had the same exact path with Oblivion back in the day, and that that was a, somebody brought that to our attention in one of the comments on one of our uh, podcasts, and he he mentioned that originally Oblivion was supposed to be a, a November uh, release. Mm. It got pushed back. They did their big uh, release date and show reveal in March, and it released eighteen days later, later in that March. So they've yeah. they've gone through this process before with a big release, and 
that was also I mean, an Xbox exclusive, I think. Yeah. When it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Um, and yeah, how much more time than let's say three or four well created and and like well put together marketing weeks do you need? When you have that showcase, the hype is at its peak, and right. then you, yeah, you start out rolling the ads and stuff, and then three, four weeks later, you can release the game. Um, so I don't think that the the marketing thing is a is an argument. I it I think it's uh, like literally two things. First, is the game ready? Mm -hmm. um, yes. They don't want to mess that up, and um, the other thing is, of course. What do you cannibalize on? Yeah. So where do mm. you put this? Um, and a April would make sense too. Like, there's mm. April would be a completely fine guess, right? Yeah. We we were leaning on March originally because the date just was a fun date, right? So it could be March or it could be April. Uh, and yeah. and we'll stay. I'll stand strong on our March square until March isn't possible. Until and then we'll possible. and then the Marchers will become Aprilers automatically. <laughs> Indeed. <what> Indeed. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Okay, guys. Uh, let me briefly uh, uh, shout out uh, two chats. The first is actually not a super chat, but Tom from Toonami became a channel member. Uh, thank you so much for the support, man. That will now grant you access to not only the customized badges and emojis, but of course, early access to all the videos. I upload. And then I want to shout out John TJ who sends in $5. He says, don't forget Forza Motorsport is in the 12 month window. If they don't, it's an L for them. Yeah, man, that I definitely ain't coming out. Before no, no, no. <laughs> and I made a bet with Dutch. Yeah. Uh, Dutch and I, we're both going to Gamescom this year. Um, we already booked our hotel, separate nice. rooms, but same hotel and uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, Xbox Mike is also coming and we're going to have a great time. And uh, we made a bet um, about who's buying the first round when we need that game's comment. Yeah. I said uh, Forza is going to be the, the game that is moved out of the 12-month window. And so far, everything looks like I I'm going to win my bet. Um, what, what do you guys think? Forza? Still Forza going to hit... I think Force is going to be September because it's traditionally for motorsport has always been September. Mm. Yeah. That's what I, I think. think. Yeah. I think motorsport's the one that gets pushed because they've been putting out that energy, right? Like yeah. they haven't put that uh, that energy at all for Starfield yet. In fact, they've doubled down on the first half with their website. Uh, they mm. did not do that with Forza Motorsport. And in fact, with their monthly updates, they've been saying, you know, give us time and stuff like that, right? So yeah. when they're starting to put that energy out there, it kind of leads you to think, okay, and then we also had heard before that they were only entering polishing phase in like around January sometime. Yeah. So with all of those things, I think Forza is the one that moves out of that first half, probably uh, August, September time, I, I would Agreed. assume potentially. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, that's another reason why we've doubled down on Starfield, because if two out of the big three games you had from the last showcase saying within the next 12 months, both missed, that's not as good of a look, right? Like, Agreed. I, I, I feel like that, would be a big miss if the second half of your year this year was primarily the games that were supposed to be out last year. Right. Yeah. So I, the hope is that they cl mostly clear the slate for the first half of this year. Like they had said they were going to, like they doubled down on and then have other games that they had already planned on releasing for this holiday. Maybe Hellblade two, right? Because they're starting to uh, talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's talk about that. Let's use that as a segue, man. Um, 
as if we would have planned it <laughs> um, <laughs> earlier today. I was, I was doing that for you. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, earlier today, um, um, Ninja Theory, I was, I was blanking on the studio name. Um, Ninja Theory uh, actually dropped a development diary. So the development diaries from, from Ninja... Uh, are back and uh, this one was about how they recreated Iceland um, so you guys had the chance to, to to watch that right yeah I've got it so you guys have seen how they uh, went to Iceland and they talked about how they wanted to capture like the original Terra the, all the photogrammetry mm. and then of course the pandemic hit and they were not able to fly there. They they talked in the dev diary about how they already had booked everything and set up a tour and everything. Um, and then they actually hired an, uh, a photographer from Iceland. And he was like uh, having a drone mapping like the the parts of the uh, uh, of the island. Um, then. Uh, he also did like a lot of photographs and and stuff for 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 the asset uh, asset generation and as soon as the pandemic was um starting to to slow down they all flew flew over there the 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 environment artists and everyone um they went on a on a 12 day trip through or 11 days uh, trip through iceland um visiting like historic buildings and just um taking of course a lot of photogrammetry with them um so guys they also described a lot and it got me excited that they want to reach a level of realism in that game um that has not seen been seen before and that this is what they hope will bring the immersion that you have the actual feeling you you've play like a realistic game a realistic um and set in a realistic environment they want the environment not to look like they imagine but how it actually looks mm-hmm. um, hearing all this not only has me excited i don't know about you guys but i still have the feeling that this game might actually be planned as one of the holy holiday titles for this year so what do you guys think of this forte let's let's hear your thoughts on the game man uh listen uh that game is the one game of all the games that they've been uh, talking about that i've been the most excited for like i adore the first hellblade i Mm. literally that's like the only game that is a review on my channel for that's how much i love i was like I, i was so impacted by the story and um, you know, I think some people read a little bit too much into some of the other things. I think that game was kind of built just to do the story where the gameplay was kind of a secondary thing, even though, and I thought the gameplay was good. It was just a little clunky. Um, yeah. I, I cannot wait to see what they do with that game. So I was a little disappointed when we didn't get an update for the game at, um, the game awards, but seeing that they're going out of the way to actually, you know, talk about some of the environments, some of the things that they did, the development cycle and stuff of it was something that I was really, really happy to see. But in general, mm. or in yeah, I just think it's time that game was announced and shown off for the first time. I believe it was 2019. So we're four years after that. And I think it's about that time. And I do think that that game is going to be the holiday game for this year. 
I, I do believe that they are going to show off that game at E3. Yeah. It's going to come out this year. A lot of people are going to say they think Avowed is that thing, but I think Avowed is going to end up being that spring game that's going to come like in February, March of 2024. Uh, so it's going to give it some space. So I think 2023 is looking really, really good for Xbox as long as they just release the games um, that we are under the belief that they will release just based off timelines and stuff that they haven't really shown or talked about yet. So I'm really, really excited to see what's going to happen with Hellblade. And the biggest thing for them is don't just show us another CGI trailer. Show us gameplay. Show us combat. Because that's the one thing that people are a little bit more anxious to see is just what does the combat look like? We know the story is going to be great because the first one had really, yeah. really good story, really good, you know, motion capturing, really good um, overall ambiance. But what is the what is the um, combat going to look combat. like? And that's yeah. what I really want to see. But no matter what happens, I'm going to play this game because it's literally my most anticipated Xbox game that they have in development. Nice. Yeah, man, the combat, like you said, they, they had a death diary, I want to say, like two years ago now mm-hmm. or so, when they talked about how they sent all the animators uh, to martial art class and they hired the the choreographer of, of Star Wars uh, to yeah. help with out with like sword fights and everything. So I, I want to see that. I want to see that. Um, Math, where do you stand with, with Hellblade? By the way, I put up, up a poll. I also want to hear from everyone in the chat. Do you guys think it's a, a Holiday 23 title? So let us know and vote in the chat. But Math, where do you stand? Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, the first Hellblade game, originally I played at launch back on the PS3. Uh, I think it was, I know, PS4. PS4. I can't remember. Yeah, PS4. PS4, right, right. Oh, PS4 uh, yeah. Yeah, PS4. And uh, I played it at launch for a little while, and I was like, okay, this is cool. But I didn't really get sucked in. And then um, after I started this channel and stuff, people kept telling me you need to play Hellblade. I'm like, yeah, I tried it. I wasn't in love with it or whatever. Um, got some updates, right, for free. Um, mm. <laughs> and I uh, was decided, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to listen to everybody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot. I got so hooked into the game. I, I don't know. I got past that hurdle that I'd always met before with the game. And, yeah. and I just pushed through that. And mm-hmm. once I kept playing, I just got like, sucked in and immersed into playing the whole thing through in one stream. And it was like a 10 hour stream, literally just sat mm-hmm. there and played the game. It was amazing. Uh, one of my, uh, like most, one of the most visually, uh, impressive, like story based games I've played also yeah. because the uh, characters are like, it's like an actor on the screen pretty much. Right. It's like no. you're watching a movie, but playing the game. And it was absolutely, uh, an amazing game. But one of my, it's it's like a masterpiece in my opinion. Combat it had, had a little bit of issues, but not it wasn't that bad, uh, like some people make it out to be. Um, so since then, I've been really excited for Hellblade Two. They had uh, two different showings so far at the Game Awards, right? Yes. Um, they've also done some other things. I, I think at one of the E threes, I kind of had a, like another developer talk about it. It was at Gamescom, well. but yeah, yeah. Okay, and then they also had a. Uh, the I the other Iceland video they've done this twice now where they showed mm-hmm. us Iceland and talked about it and stuff. So out of all of these other big games, out of the, all the ones that they've been talking about for a long time, we've actually seen Hellblade Two the most out of the ones like you know you can Agreed. say Hellblade you can say Hellblade Two, Perfect Dark, Fable, Avowed, you know all these ones in this category. Yeah. Hellblade Two is the one that they've been the most confident Shown. and ready yeah. to put content out there for people. So that leads me to think that it's probably the one of the closest ones mm-hmm. to release. 
And that mm-hmm. would make sense if that's what they had planned for this year. And it's to get it fresh in people's minds. You release something like this now, right? Where you're, you're going to yeah. get more into that gameplay stuff and other things later, maybe around E3 time, right? I would so assume so. you get so. that hype yeah. going even more. So you get mm-hmm. this kind of stuff out of the way randomly. Like there was, I don't think they announced this was going to happen. And if they did, I missed it. But this was uh, a little significant video that uh, to keep up to date with it. Plus, also the team's been doing a really good job on Twitter and social media yes. of showing behind the scenes stuff that are really entertaining. This From the mocap studio yeah, and everything. I love it. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I do think this game could have potentially even hit before if it wasn't for the pandemic and everything. Because yeah. you really yeah. see in this video also how much of a setback that was for them. I mean, they talked about they had everything planned. They had all their flights planned. They had everything scheduled. And all of a sudden they were grounded. Right. So they had to, they actually had to figure out a different way of getting everything together to finish making this game. Mm -hmm. Right. So they talked about how they said it is. It is a game that heavily relies on mocap and stuff, which you can't do in the home office. You can code in the home office. You probably can also design, like, I don't know, create level and and things if you have a proper workstation at home. But um, doing mocap, audio recording, um, uh, getting photogrammetry uh, from from places around the world, impossible. So, sorry, I cut you off. No, you're right. I love the transparency of Ninja Theory with their development Mm -hmm. as well. Because we, we, we see a lot of uh, tweets like from other uh, studios like in exile or and stuff like that. But but they're, you know, a lot of these haven't announced their games yet. But we've seen like a lack of stuff from Perfect Dark. I mean, this year. we've seen a yeah. lack of stuff from Playground. There's like these games were announced years ago. We haven't seen anything. Right. The Hellblade yeah. 2's that consistently putting out stuff to keep it uh, people's Absolutely. minds on the game, control the narrative of it. And let people know, hey, this is uh, this is development's going well. This is where everything's at, and uh, it leads to confidence with the game, right? So uh, they're doing it a does. good job. And couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, the the thing about Hellblade, you you guys already touched upon a lot of things like the immersion, storytelling, the visuals, like being top notch, and this goes hand in hand with the the super chat that came in from Tom from Toonami. He says he's calling it. It will set the bar for this generation. And I totally agree. I want to add the audio to this. Um, like uh, you guys remember the, the binaural audio design where you really had like the feeling if you had played the game with headphones, um, mm-hmm. that the voices are in your head. It's like top notch. Uh, and that game was the original one was done by 20 a t- core team of 21 people which is insane if you th- think what they pulled off and now they have the bigger funding the bigger team um they were still relatively small for such a big triple a development um uh, uh, uh project but uh now they're gonna take the audio as well they already talked about that uh, to another level and i i cannot wait honestly uh to see where this is is, uh, is going and how it how they will push the technology. So shout out to Tom. Um, I agree. I think this will set a new standard for visuals uh, for for the rest of the generation. I I agree. Um, and then let me shout out at Drawn TJ who sends in a super chat and uh, says they did show gameplay for Hellblade Two. Yeah, they did. That was this like eight minute or nine minute sequence that they've shown 
at the Game Awards. A lot of people don't think it it looked like gameplay because uh, it was very cinematic. Right. Um, yeah. I assume it was for usually when they show stuff like that, it's usually from the very beginning of a game. So I could see that being like more the cinematic opening or something what they have sh- shown. Um, but yeah, uh, Forte, I'm with you. I want to see the combat, man. I want to see how see the combat. Comes. Yeah, I want to see how that looks when really someone with a controller in hand yep. actually plays plays the game. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. So, what do people in the chat think? Is it gonna come out um, this uh, this year? Um, so far, sixty six percent in the chat say said yes. Twenty five percent said no, and nine percent asked the question, "What's Hellblade?" So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I, uh, I I dare say uh, about two thirds of, of the community think uh, it's gonna come out uh, this year. So uh, I bet that during E three we will see the game. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Whether it comes out this year or not, but but I I would be better see it this year. Is there is there yeah. another one that y'all would say would be likely for end of this year besides Hellblade two? Like I, hmm. only I one mean, I can think of is maybe like. Contrabands, possibly, or about? I don't know. Contraband? Yeah. Yeah. Forte, go ahead. Like I said, contraband is because we have, I mean, all this is predicated on what we see at E3 this year. Um, Mm. But contraband could be. We just haven't heard anything. All we still have is just that one CGI trailer. Mm -hmm. Um, The only other thing I can say is you could probably flip Hellblade and Avowed. Say Avowed is coming at the end of this year yeah. and Hellblade is the beginning of next year. I think that's pretty much where you're looking at just where those two games are going to be seated at with each other because I think uh, from all the information we got, Avowed is very far along in its development and it's, it's a lot, it's it's closer than people think. And then, then Hellblade has been in development for the entirety of Microsoft owning the studio and some. So I just yeah. think that that's where we're looking at. So Whichever those games are going to be basically complementary. Whichever one comes out first, you're going to see that one probably with the next one within two to three months after it. Right. Yeah. I yeah, agree. Can I ask for a question real quick? Just about, sure. about yeah, something sure. because I, I don't know if this came out after you were on our show on Friday. Yeah, right? but what's up? There was stuff that came out online um, about um, a potential Xbox game getting a pending like release uh on the games gamestop like uh release thing and i don't know if you can even speak on this stuff uh-huh. right but like how how long okay so when it when a game shows up that has like a placeholder without uh-huh. like a date right yeah um that just says unnamed like xbox game or whatever how how long usually does that stay that way before until they change it over until they change it over two that's to three what weeks. I'm two to three weeks okay fair enough Two okay. to three weeks because um yeah. let's say with the the um the dual sense, the edge controller that right. was only PlayStation exclusive to their website. We saw that in our system probably two weeks ago, maybe three. Okay. And it was under a placeholder. Um but it was marked the price of that. And the only reason we knew it was that is because they still they actually had the control module for the sticks they had those in the system already so we knew we were going to carry it but they had this dummy skew in there for it. we was like huh i bet you this is that controller 
and literally three days ago they lifted it and now you can right. order it off GameStop's website. And and the one that showed up, um, I don't know if you can answer this or not, but it was a, a Xbox game that mm-hmm. was listed at seventy dollars, right? Oh no, that's still that's still classified. Well, okay. that's still I don't know what it is. <laughs> we can all assume what it might be. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. that's the thing though. It's kind of fun because you see people. It's like we don't really get in trouble. It's like if we actually knew what it was, then that would be something that you'd be like, mm, listen, don't say nothing about that. But most of the time, the employees are in the dark, just like everybody else. It's like we see something and I have people in my district that literally look for SKUs like that. that will post things like, hmm, this might be such and such. Right. And do, they, PlayStation do they usually show up as like an unnamed placeholder on yeah. announced games or only or like um, uh, yeah. sometimes? Like, like, okay, like, so let's say um, Tears of the Kingdom for Switch. Right. It was listed yeah. under a dummy skew, but it was like in the launch window that we had a feeling that it was going to be in. So a lot of people were like, hey, this might be the st- the special edition of Kings of the Tears of the Kingdom. And guess what? Three days later, Nintendo announced it on the, the Nintendo Direct and that skew turned on and it was that. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Okay. That's all I gotcha. wanted to know. Yeah. So, no, it, so, so the companies so put it this way, these companies know well ahead of time yeah. what's mm-hmm. coming. They just can't, you know, NDAs and stuff like that. They just can't announce it until they're ready to announce it. So you'll never really see. Like, I remember when um, the PlayStation, the SKU was held for God of War's bundle. You know, we saw a 559-02 bundle, which is their system bundle. And it was on the same day as God of War Ragnarok coming out. And we were like, oh, this is going to definitely be a Ragnarok bundle. And they haven't announced it yet at that point. They said, oh, this is going to be a a bundle for Ragnarok. Because it literally releases on the same day. It's literally a $559 system. Mm. It's not going to be an Xbox because Xbox didn't have anything coming out on that day. So you just put two and two together. It's like, oh, this is going to probably be a Ragnarok bundle. And guess what? Mm. It was. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense uh good stuff um yes a tail end of the year where were we um you 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 right probably right for tail could be about as well instead of hellblade i also have like the feeling that the whatever compulsion is working on could be because they, they have also been um working on, on their game for quite a while now um and I'm not sure whether that is going to be like a big AAA blockbuster title for Microsoft or whether that might more or less be on the level of a hi-fi rush kind of thing, you know? Um, so I don't know whether they're going to announce the compulsion game like years in advance like they did with the Fable or Perfect Dark. So um, I don't know. And we also know that Cinemax Online has been working on something for a very long time now, mm-hmm. five plus years. Um, on a on a new IP, um, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of potential for the end of the year. We still don't know where Stalker Two will land. Um, that could also be like a fall or holiday game. Um, and in the chat, um, let me shout out um, Buck. He sends in a two dollar super chat. Thank you, man. He says Indiana Jones this holiday after the summer movie. Mm. Hmm. 
Well, we don't know how long um, Machine Games have actually been working, working on, on, on the game. I I mean, Wolfenstein 2 came out in 2017. Um, You're going to get State of Decay 3 before you get Indiana Jones. Yeah, I, I assume Even so. Even though it would be nice to get Indiana Jones with the movie coming out this year. It would be it nice. It kind of would make sense um, that it's back in this like pop culture trying to turn um, things up trend. yeah um but i th- i i feel that when they announced it what was it two years ago that was literally the time when they started working on the game more or right. less is, would be my guess i th- i still think that um about wolfenstein 3 the, the final part of the trilogy will come out first before they release mm-hmm. um in the indiana jones but that could be again it's been five six years now so who knows? Who knows? Math, I got a question for you from Stuffed Sean, who sends in two pounds. Man, thank you. He says, did Math rent a compound for the Marchers cult yet? Yeah. It's it's located in Waco, Texas, formerly held by the Branch Davidians and David Koresh there. So we just uh, ready to move in. It's been uh, we got to fix it up a little bit. I will I will tell you this, though. If the game actually releases in March, we're going to have a celebration. Absolutely. Mm. Um, Because for some reason, I don't know what it is about this, but the speculation of March has actually made some people angry. Um, (laughs) Okay. I don't know. I don't know why that's happened, but um, there's been like, there's been like attacks, right? Um, We've been called names and stuff like Mm. that. So, you know, like, if it actually happens, and, the, and in fact, the the fact that that's come so hard against people that thought it was a possibility the game's coming in March, we've actually like doubled down on it just to annoy people even more that don't like it, mm. right? So it's like, hey, we have the right to think what we want. We want to say what we want. We have fun thinking this. It's all speculation at the end of the day. There's no difference saying March or, or July or August or, or May or April, whatever, right? So we've been having fun with it. And it's kind of taken off a life of its own. Kate even made us her own logo for the March. For the seen been amazing. Oh, oh, Kate made that. I, I've seen the logo. I just didn't know it was made by Kate. So yeah, yeah. very talented. Love it. <laughs> she is absolutely, absolutely. Not DPS. Go. Yeah, I'm, she's for hire. I'll, I'll I'll send you her rates. Now. Hey. <laughs> the work that she puts on your channel, she's definitely worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate her a lot. Sure. Yeah. You're going to love the thumbnail for tonight's show, by the way. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, by the way, uh, if, if you guys are interested in, in any of the channels of the two gentlemen here, uh, I have all their links in the description of the show notes. So just click down there. You will find Mav's channel and, of course, Gaming for Taste channel for the DPS uh, podcast. Um, absolutely, guys. How is the hype level for Jedi Survivor with you too? Wow. I am a huge Star Wars nut, so mm. um pretty high. Um the original was something I did not expect from an EA studio <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um and then also the fact that it came for Respawn, who was a traditional first party, I mean um first uh, FPS shooter um studio for them to be able to manifest something that great is um, really cool. 
And I like the fact that they're continuing that storyline. Uh, I just want them to make sure the Wookiees don't skip leg day this time. <laughs> I want I want I want to make sure they I want to make sure they got a, a, a full head of hair this time. Um, the only thing I didn't like about the last trailer was the way that um, he ran. It just looked weird. The animation of him running looks yeah. so weird, but everything else looks so phenomenal. The it game looks like, phenomenal. The 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 lightsaber. The du- like I'm a f- super fan of dual lightsabers and mm. having um the staff, the lightsaber staff. I am so much a fan of that type of combat and seeing it like as fluid as it was. It's something I can't wait to get a chance to play. And um, it's really just doubling down on the um, the experience that you had the first time through it. And uh, I think it's going to be an incredible game. I cannot wait. And I'm so super happy to see that they're getting all the success that they're getting. It just Star Wars. Like at this point, we're Star Wars fans are just basically looking forward to games and TV mm. shows at this point because we all dread the movies because we never know where yeah. that's going to go. So getting an experience like this is something that I'm definitely looking forward to. So my excitement level is pretty high, and I'm glad that it's coming early in the year versus later in the year. 29th of April, and I know, uh, so before you know it, yeah, absolutely. So the news of the of the week probably has has you. I don't know, Mav, where, where do you land? Uh, up, Je- down? On Jedi Survivor? Yeah. I like I liked the first game. It wasn't like one of my favorite games because I'm not a huge Souls style okay. game fan, right? So that kind of was in that genre, right? It, uh, it was I I did enjoy it. I didn't finish it, right? But but mainly because I um got a this glitch that it forced me to lose progress and I'm stuck mm-hmm. right now. Uh, that, so that I never went uh, back and restarted it or went to the, the previous save because it, it had been a little while, right? So mm-hmm. um I am looking forward to trying it. I don't have like an ultra level of hype for it. it may, and it's not because anything to do with that game primarily. It's just because of the genre that it's in. Um I'm assuming it's <laughs> gonna be a lot like uh Fallen Water. Like the first one. Right. Yeah. Um uh, which that's cool. I mean, it's, it's going to be a great game, but there's so many games coming out this year yeah. that are like been waiting for, for, for forever. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, you talk about Starfield, you talk about Diablo four, um, yeah. the, all three of the fighting games coming out this year as well. Now that Mortal Kombat yeah. 12 was announced, second eight street fighter six, yeah. Redfall. Um, I mean, there's, it's yeah, coming. Yeah. there's probably about like eight or nine, maybe even 10 games that I have probably like higher than that one. So it's mm. all predicated on time, right? It's just, I why, will I have time to justify spending $70 on something that I don't know if I'm going to play that much of, right? right? So yeah. it just depends. Fair enough. We we can't play them all, and not every game is for every gamer. I always uh, say that, but... There was some was some news this week that they had a there was a big interview with the uh, studio uh, with the with the game director Stig Asmussen, mm-hmm. and uh, he had to say uh, that a third game in the series would uh, is, is probably coming and it's most likely going to be made in the Unreal Engine five. Mm-hmm. He had to say the following. Let me read at least one quote from the from the uh, interview. He said, "He said we had a pretty decent idea of time frame where we want." 
where we wanted Survivor to take place, what the stakes were going to be, what the tone of the game was going to be, what Cal was going to be up against, and how the crew was, was going to factor into that. And there is an idea of what we could do beyond that as well. So he went on and... They are they're already planning like a, a third part uh, a part of this trilogy. Um, so um, when I read that, I, I said, okay, we have to talk about this on the podcast because mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm with Forte on on this one. Um, I loved the first one; it was my game of the year that year. Um, one of the best Star Wars games in in like a decade or so. Um, yeah, absolutely loved the the, the combat math. Um, I know. <laughs> souls like uh but it was souls light uh, i would say yeah. uh i finished that on the uh, I, don't, I don't even know what it was called like uh grand inquisitor difficulty or so it, i had such a blast i loved the ending which was epic um and uh, i cannot wait to 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 play this uh the second one already got it pre-ordered and most certainly, I'm um, looking forward to the third one. So, Forte, you you excited that that a third one is uh, in the May or at least in planning? No, yeah. As long as they, like I said, as long as they're true to the story, I'm always excited for games like this. The mm. one that I really want them to go back and revisit is um, the of uh, the Unleashed franchise. I feel like that type of franchise would be even yeah. more uh, impactful oh, yeah. now with all the advancements. Force Unleashed was fantastic. So good, man. man. When you're pulling so Star good. Destroyers out of the sky, yeah. it's freaking incredible. So that's where I see like Star Wars going um, in like the next decade when it comes to like just the advancements of technology we have when it comes to making these games, making them a little bit more personal and more emotional when it comes to like the storytelling. So, yeah, as, as long as they keep giving us great experiences like this, I'm always good for them to keep on bringing them out as they do. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, couldn't agree more, man. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, let me briefly re- catch up on the super chats. Um, Tronti J sends in ten dollars, man. Thank you so much. He says, "Have you seen guys seen the new info about Test Drive Unlimited Solar Crown? And do you think Contraband comes this year? It's been in development since 2018." So first of all, Solar Crown. I have uh, not seen the news. Um, I know TJ, you are very excited for that game. Have, have you guys heard anything about? Test drive oh, this is the first time I heard of it. I haven't uh-huh. uh, heard any new news about it in a while. So, I, it may be I missed it, but that's a game mm. I'm I'm looking forward to. Hey, I know I've, I've heard you talk is. about that. Yeah, so um, TJ, I have, to, I have to Google it after the show. I don't know. I uh, haven't uh, caught uh, catch that. Uh, and contraband, yeah, contraband is is an interesting one. Um, they Avalanche when they announced that. Two years ago, they said they are already working three years on that game. Mm-hmm. So that makes five years this year. Definitely a time window where you could talk about a possible release. So, yeah. The, the, the thing with Contraband is they it had come out from, I forget who said this exactly, but it was it was the usual, like, actual insiders who know, mm. right? Not the clown show that's out there. But the uh, they had mentioned that the game was originally uh, slated, I think, for, like, uh, 2021 potentially even, and that they yeah. had given it more time, right? Yep. So uh, that with that, that would also add to the possibility of this year because it didn't happen mm-hmm. last year. 
right? So without yep. that, you'd think 2023, it could be a possibility. It just depends um, on how the game is, right? Uh, this is not the same avalanche that made Hogwarts Legacy, right? Mm-hmm. This is a different avalanche, yeah. just for, a- so people don't get confused. Um, <laughs> but this avalanche did has made great games before, Mad Max and... Um, uh, just cause so, yeah just the just cause games uh some of yeah. them better than others right uh yeah, but i think this is this being like a microsoft exclusive game one that's gonna be in game pass and all that kind of stuff i i feel like they're really going to put in that extra uh time just to make sure it's right right other than some maybe releasing like just cause 4 in the state that it was in mm. you know so maybe that's why they've been taking the extra time to make sure that everything is polished this is also prominently multiplayer game right uh co-op yeah. experience yeah it's so, four player co-op um, yeah. and it, it seems like most games like that have been the ones that have been pushed back the most um mm-hmm. uh maybe get all their systems right and, and i don't know i don't think avalanche is really known for that right so i've taken maybe thinking about was there an out. avalanche game that had like Co-op or multiplayer? I mean, I, I, I think there's some in maybe some of the Just Cause games. Is there some co-op in there? I'm not. I'm not sure. Multiplayer? Con- I, I don't know. I don't remember. I only play I, single players. So yeah, me too. Me too. So uh, Rage I'm 2, not sure. Reaper says Rage Two. Rage Two. Mm. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that was one they made. That was one they made. Also, yeah, with the with id. But yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, all the multiplayer games that they made in the past. So I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, let, let's hope we at least see it this year. Um, what else was announced this week? Elden Ring is going to get an expansion. Um, I don't know what, where where do you guys stand on Elden Ring? I know a lot of people said it's their game of the year. Hmm. Uh, I'm it's Shadow yeah. of the Earth Tree. <laughs> you know how I, I feel about Souls games. I just told you so. You know, yeah, so, yeah. I just never, I, and that's the thing, I own that game mm-hmm. and I've never got a Like, I did the starting area of it, but I never went back to it because just other stuff came out. I'm like, I'll play a Souls game like Star Wars because I like sci fi, sci fi mm-hmm. like that. But when it comes to like the, the medieval type guy, fantasy, like yeah. That's the ones that I'm like, okay, it's cool. I can understand why people love it. Like, I love Sekiro because, or Sekiro, mm, I love yeah. that one because I like mid, I like feudal Japan, medieval like Japan and stuff. But when it comes to like swords and knights and stuff like that, I'm like, mm. that's why I didn't really get into Dark Souls. It's just more of the aesthetic for me. But um, being a person that worked at retail and saw this, saw the phenomena that was Elden Ring. Man, it was kind of hard to like not want to at least jump in there. So one day I will jump in there because it is the most approachable Souls game of all of them. But I do know one person that is super excited for this DLC, and that's my co-host Slumbo Backslap. That man is mm-hmm. uh, Slumbo is going to eat this. That like, man, all, all like, you know, that yeah. man took a complete one eighty on all Souls games when uh, Elden Ring came out, and like uh, he literally played nothing but Elden Ring for like the first six months of last year. I, I think <laughs> I, I joined uh, one of his streams when he was playing Elden Ring. Like this is probably like two weeks after launch. He was like, "Yeah, man, this is." This is my a level eighty. This this is my a little, right. if you if you like this, if you like this character, this is like a level eighty. Mm-hmm. This I can show you how. And then if you if you want to learn how to play with this one, this is another level eighty character. I'm like, how? 
how how, how did you do this yeah, right exactly and, yeah um that i um uh, i liked elden ring in the open world area i like the open world aspects of elden mm-hmm. ring yes but when i get into the castles then it becomes a traditional souls game yeah. and i hate it yeah so that i turn i turn it off at that point i i start beat my head against that wall and all that. I'm like, no, I, yeah, I, I get, get, I get, get that. I, I'm, I, you, way back in the days before I was a father, <laughs> I loved to play the, <laughs> the souls games. Right. And then I dropped out of them because I lost the patience. I didn't have the time, uh, you know, and, and, and patience to get uh, to play souls games. So Elden Ring was like the first souls like game since dark souls two. I want to mm-hmm. say that I played um and i really liked it i i'm not saying we have had this on the show many times a discussion there are many things i really enjoyed about elden ring i finished it um after i think 85 hours or so uh but it also wasn't a masterpiece like everyone made it out to be um right after half of the game it, it became very repetitive like every dungeon was copy paste you fought the same bosses over and over again they didn't even think to reskin them they literally put in the same bosses uh, and um yeah, they did. so uh yeah i enjoyed it otherwise i wouldn't have put in 85 hours <laughs> obviously but uh, i also don't think it was such a masterpiece so for me, the, the DLC, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I hope it comes out at a good time because, yeah, man, this year is so packed, stacked, stacked like, with games. This year, it seems like Hogwarts Legacy is like last, uh, last year's Elden Ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with mm-hmm. the phenomenon. Both launched around the same time, right? And both yeah. just like became enormous, massive hits i was curious uh how the retail was at the environment around hogwarts is it like reminiscent of elden yeah. ring we just got restocked it- on it literally um i want to say what friday last week yeah. like the first major restock on it since it's been out that game now we did see the the news that elder not elder ring um hogwarts sold 12 million yeah yeah um which is actually faster than elden ring did right. at that time mm. But the, I will always say Elden Ring was a little bit more impressive due to the fact that Elden Ring was based on gamers. Like it was a gamer centric yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. reason that that yeah. game sold as good as it was. Except it's uh, you know versus Hogwarts, you got people that don't even play games like that are buying yeah. it because yeah. they just love the Harry Potter or they love the Hogwarts experience and they want to see what that looks like in a video game form. So it has a bigger pool to, um, you know, the fish from versus Elden yeah. Ring. Um, now I do now do I, this. Is the funny thing, I don't know if it's going to hit twenty million like Elden Ring did. Like right. I do think that this mm. game is going to sell well, and I do think it's going to sell well through the whole year. Um, but is it going to pass twenty million? It could. It just depends on the staying power of that game. Like Elden mm. Ring was still. It has staying power six months after launch. Yeah, and it indeed. also had the game of the year nomination that had at the end of the year, right before Christmas, that propelled it even further. I don't think Hogwarts is going to get that. I, it may be a part of the game of year conversation at the end of the year, but is it going to be the thing that wins it? That's going to push it over the top to get even more sales? Because traditionally, if you win game of the year, 
you're going to probably tack on another million to two million sales over the course of the holiday because people are going to want to know what this game is about that they missed the whole year. So that's where it's going to be real interesting to see what happens. But um, a lot of people are going to be looking forward to this Elden Ring DLC. Shout out to Slow Mo. Shout out to the yeah. Ash and Luca. They're going to find times to get in there and um, enjoy that game a lot. And I hope it's good. I definitely oh, yeah. hope it's good for them. Um, let me catch up on the super chats and then we get into one of the main topics of the day. Uh, it's a, this was already just intro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drawn TJ sends in $2. He follows up on his previous super chat and says Nikon's website has the info. Uh, I think he's referring to Solar, the Solar Crown um, uh, uh, info. So yeah, man, I need to check it out uh, after the show. Uh, can't I can't uh, multitask like that? Uh, read news and host the show. Uh, but yeah, thanks, man, for letting us know. So guys, this week we had a actually great interview with the head of Xbox, Phil Spencer. Um, I I, I assume you guys have seen <laughs> the interview. So a couple of interesting uh, things came out. Um, first part, um, and I for, for everyone who hasn't seen it, I highly recommend it's 22 minutes long and um, a lot of great infos and uh, the interview was very well done. Um, so first of all, um, Phil talked a little bit about E3 and how the team is now really focused on getting the show together. Uh, but they also are going to have, before E3, some smaller announcements on the golden eye level um so what do you guys expect that to be hmm. what do we think he means by that by golden eye level golden eye like, level I think how like big, nothing, how how big was golden in the first place mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. a question we need to really ask a- <laughs> yeah 979 megabytes i think when you play a game when it's that size it's unless it's like a vampire survivors you know you're probably not going to have an amazing right but besides that um joking about the size of it it was i think a fairly like people got excited for it right Mm. i never really did because it wasn't like a good, like a like a real remaster or re, remake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't so, even like, have multiplayer. Yeah, I mean, there was like, not a whole what? lot yeah. to get me excited. Uh, right. I only I like when games get really improved and better. It's okay. It's I mean, but it's not anything I'm going to spend a lot of time with. Uh, so when he says that, it's like, what does he mean by that? Does he mean like the excitement like level? Small, that um, generated? I think I- yeah, or I think like what? like a smaller announcement, nothing earth moving, earth shaking, but something nice for the fans. So I automate my 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 assumption automatically was that it it might have to do something with that paradox interactive um, showcase that they announced earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe one or two smaller indie games to, uh, that we haven't heard of yet coming to game pass or something like that um i don't think uh, it's it's um, something earth shattering so that's what he means with um with goldeneye level or that's what i would assume what do you think forte wow um man this is the thing the only thing i hate the phil spirit he just he he's such a wordsmith yeah he knows, <laughs> he knows how to say certain keywords like 
you know, go to like the level of another game versus um, what was the thing that he said? Uh, what was the thing that we were talking about when he was talking about games going to other platforms? What did he say? I forget exactly where, where, where Game Pass exists. Yeah, Game Pass exists, but it was another word. Yeah. It was like, my, oh, the desire. Remember desire? Our desire mm. is to keep games open, keep Call of Duty open. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> what, but what, they, like, what do you mean? What's our desire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> During the Bethesda acquisition, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The desire to do this. So it's like when Phil Spencer speaks, we all listen because you know, head of Xbox, and um, he definitely knows what he's talking about. And he definitely is a master manipulator when it comes to marketing. Um, it just for himself because Xbox needs to do better yeah, as a whole. And when it comes to marketing, um, it, it's really hard to say because in general, it just ultimately comes back to they have so many things that are in the hopper when it comes to things that they could talk about that we really, it could be truly anything. It could also be something as small as, you know, uh, a DLC add on for like years of war for all we know, we don't know what it could be. It could be, you know, True. they could be going back into yep. their, they can go back into their rare bag and like bring stuff like conquer and stuff out there. They have so many different directions they can go and bringing mm. little smaller experiences. And Lord knows they have enough studios, even if they didn't work on those certain IPs, they have studios that can, you know, work on stuff that hasn't been, you know, brought out in a heck of a long time. Mm. Uh, they also can bring out little uh, things like announce, you know, what's the one game that everybody really wants to come back in Splinter Cell? They could finally announce that they could do that on their next showcase and say, hey, I know Mav was talking about that on his show the other day. The green goggles come on. It's synonymous with Xbox. And all of a sudden they just start talking about, you know, the next Splinter Cell game. And guess what? That could be inside the Game Pass. So it doesn't even have to be first party. It could definitely be something that's uh, driven by third parties, too. Uh, so it, it could be a myriad of different things. I do think a lot of people just wish that they just release a bunch of games. And then, you know, after the games start coming out, we start drumming up the hope of what's coming later. But I'm super excited to see wh exactly what it is, because Microsoft knows they're up against it when it comes to the, the sentiment of the games that they need to release. And I think they know what the score when it comes to that is. But in general, <laughs> we just need to just you know, see what this stuff is going to actually be, but they're getting us ready for E3, which is their job yeah. to do. And I'm excited to see exactly what's going to happen there. Yeah. I think we all are right. <laughs> we, we touched up on this a little earlier already. So um, yeah. Uh, E3 this year is going to be exciting. Qu question, quick question. Do you guys think they will stick to the 12 month thing they format? Never, never do that again. Yeah. I don't never do so that again. I, I hope not. It puts so much unnecessary pressure on the studios too. Yeah, right. right. Like it, it. Like we're all have this expectation that you don't. And it would be one thing if like they had been known for meeting expectations usually, but you know the last several years had gone on to where it became like a tagline of like keep waiting, keep waiting, keep waiting. Yep. We just keep waiting, keep waiting, and all that kind of stuff. So then when you set, yeah, you already delay right these games and then you set another expectation right so like at some point you have to not over promise and mm -hmm. under deliver you have to under promise and over deliver which they've already done this year with hi-fi rush right like yes that was a surprise. most certainly that was yeah. the, so they're on the right track here um i feel like doing the 12 months to showcase was a, a mistake last year in general because 
you one thing you put unnecessary handcuffs on right to where you can't go out and give people anything else to look forward to uh games that are further away that you also maybe want to give updates on like those fables and perfect darks and stuff mm-hmm. like that that people State really want to see yeah yeah state of decay 3 is another one so you're like you're like shackling yourself right. from like yeah. from giving excitement now if they hit the always delivering and then it's just like pipeline after pipeline and just like amazingness and they and then yeah. they get on that train i'm i'm more okay with it especially mm-hmm. when they have the developer directs every few months right yep. but I think with the developer directs that takes also the pressure of them needing to do that 12 month thing away as well, because yeah. they finally have that going. They already said they may, maybe going to do another one or two this year. Right. Yeah, and we, yeah. uh, we know this deep dive for Starfield's coming also. So I would rather E3 be like a, a, a big focus on stuff coming sooner than later. However, I, I feel like they should still leave it open for new game announcements that are going to really generate the excitement Agreed. that may be two, th- three years away, even, or whatever, and yeah. then update us on games that you've already announced before, even if they're not in the, the next 12 months, because what what does that mean? Like, what about the games in fall of 2024? It's okay to announce games now that might be coming out then. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, yeah. I feel like yeah. that's the best time to do it is when you have the most eyes on you, right? And especially yep. if they're skipping things like the Game Awards, right? If they, if they decide they're not going to showcase things yeah. at the Game Awards, like after they did the 12-month thing last year, we were like, okay, well, they'll probably go big at the Game Awards, and they didn't do anything then. So it's like, okay, well, now we're going to do the Dev, Dev, Dev Direct. Dev Direct was amazing. They did a great job. But mm-hmm. I live for new game announcements, right? right. At these yeah. big game shows, at these big game showcases, I said this numerous times. The number one thing that excites me more than anything else is new game announcements, right? So yeah. when I, I feel like we need to have that incorporated into the show, and we get some here and there, but no, no artificial handcuffs. Just go out there and make the best show mm-hmm. you possibly can right. every single year without trying to put some arbitrary fake numbers behind it. Right? Mm. Can totally get behind that, man. Um, I, I said something similar. Uh, like when I go to an Xbox show, I want to see the Xbox games and roadmap. Uh, a reason yep. on. Why should people invest in the in, in the platform? And and it needs to be a mixture. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, it was great. We always said like we want to see more gameplay, stop the CGI thing, and they did that in the last showcase. But with that restriction of twelve months, they limited themselves. Um, nobody complains about two or three CGI game announcements. If you get no, like. Other game, a lot of other games with gameplay do. in between. That's yeah, all you do, exactly. Right? Like, don't, you, you don't need to go to the extremes, you know. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, a good mix. So, yeah, man, I hope they, I hope they drop that. Um, something else Phil said caught my attention. Um, they were talking about AI and how AI is going to play. Obviously, with the success of Chat GPT, uh, GPT uh, um, being a thing, uh, AI will like thesis on Chat GTV. <laughs> crazy man it's it's literally (laughs) nuts uh uh we had we had a meeting at work like two weeks ago so how if if this can help us in any way shape or form uh, chat gpt is crazy and and they talked about ai and how this will play a more important uh role in in creating games uh but also um 
not just as a tool for for game development, but how this, of course, can or might um, um, change the feeling of NPCs uh, in in a game, how they behave. Mm-hmm. So that really has me excited because I like shiny graphics, I like tech and everything, but I also like these kind of things when I see like, okay, come on, this is this is uh, uh, gonna push uh, like the boundaries on on on. AI simulation effects and and, and how believable NPCs or characters behave in the world. I love love to hear that. We already know that AI is playing like a big role in in game development already. Ninja Theory, for instance, a couple of months ago talked about how they used uh, like AI voices uh, in early uh, stages during in the development to get the pacing right before they had like the actual voice captures and, and lines in they need to quickly like analyze how how pacing works with uh, with the writing in in the gameplay segments and everything and for that they used like ai generated lines and voices um uh so yeah it already plays a role um mm-hmm. where, where do you guys land with this uh technology for day what do you think uh, so in 10 years, maybe 15, mm. we will be able to, <laughs> the world of gaming is going to be so different. Just having the AI, AI be integrated pretty much into everything that we do. I mean, the fact that I, I'm still amazed that Microsoft was, I mean, I'm not amazed because Microsoft is like a huge company, but you know, they beat companies like Google and everybody else to stuff like this. And I can see what Microsoft having a um, a foothold in the gaming market like they do a lot of this stuff being implemented into their games and stuff where you can literally you remember when we used to have the um, the snap feature on Xbox and you can be yeah. able to, you know, snap anything to the side. Can you imagine yeah. Just hitting the 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 guide button or holding on mm-hmm. the guide button and telling your Xbox that you wanted to do something. And By the snap. way, I missed that feature. And I do too. It did. And I loved it. I always used to watch my podcasts and parallel had them snap to the window and then just yep. played a couple of games in it. Yeah, exactly. You like watch a tutorial on something that yeah. you need to do while you're playing it in the game instead of having to have your mm. phone or something to do it, which is rudimentary, but you know, it was still a benefit. I can yeah. see them doing stuff like that where you know they're using AI ingrid- integrated into their systems or just integrated through a zero cloud network inside of the system in order to uh basically just make the gaming experience even more of a better experience because you know we always talk about how microsoft wants to be the center of your living room well the only way you could do that is by getting people doing nothing but using your functionality as you play through the game and stuff and that's a way that you keep people in your game so what does youtube do youtube wants to you know everybody that's watching this video right now watching your stream they want them to go and watch something right after this that's made by you or just to stay on youtube which is a um which is a watch session and stuff what if xbox integrated a way for you never to leave your xbox or never to leave the platform in order to do things like that when it comes to their AI generation and things like that. Um, mm. I think this is going to be something that's going to be huge within the next 10, at least 10 to 15 years. We're in the baby stages of it right now, but um, yeah, Phil Spencer won't be head of Xbox when this all goes down, by the way, at that point. <laughs> this, is yeah. him just, this is him just setting, setting the, you know, for the 
predecessor, all the different things that is going to um, basically happen after they finally get a hold of all of it. But I'm, yeah. it's, it's going to be something great when it does happen. Agree. Agree. Math, where do you stand on AI yeah. in games? It's uh, it's pretty interesting because you can start wrapping your head and going a bunch of different directions. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I, you start off with talking about dialogue and maybe the that dialogue learns the things that you like to talk about and starts giving you more like options that are more of your interest. And, you know, but then you start thinking about, OK, well, what if like the game starts using like, you know, the, this chat stuff's all based on like analyzing the Internet and gathering information. Right. Yep. So what if yep. the players actions, the players choices at that point become the database of information that it pulls from to decide on what to create, to decide on what to say, decide on what to do. Right. So in that case, you can literally think about a world possibly in the future where you have this basic world that they build. And at some point, things in the places you go are procedurally generated based on the interest of the places you like to visit the most, mm -hmm. uh, the things mm -hmm. you like to do the yeah. most. Maybe all of a sudden there's more quests like that that starts popping up, right? Maybe there's more characters that are like the characters that you like to talk to the most, right? Yeah. Maybe there's like different things like that. Maybe um, they realize you like to attack specific types of enemies or you yep. like to use certain weapons, so they start giving you yeah. those more. Certain loot right? or whatever, yeah. yeah. Like, so you can completely like start they they do this to some effects with games today, right? But you can take this on another level and start building a game tailored to the interest based on the actions of the player mm -hmm. that's procedurally generated based on data gathering and information and then completely build it upon what they find that you're interested in. Like you made made the example of like YouTube, right? Like that, like TikTok does this today, mm -hmm. or like YouTube Shorts. If yes. you if you spend too much time on like one video, all of a sudden you're going to get like 20 suggestions in a row of that same genre. You can go find yourself yep. going down this this path of like, how did I get here? Then all of a sudden you start skipping those ultra fast just to make sure that they don't start. Though you get off of that algorithm, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. they could. This is all the start of this. We're on the we're on the starting point, right? So like you talk about 10 years from now, 15 years from now, who knows what's possible. 10 years ago, cloud was just for saving files. Yeah. Right? Yes. true. <laughs> it was just yes, for so saving true. files. <laughs> yeah. 10 years from now, what will the cloud be? What will all this technology be that implemented within AI, within the infrastructure, also with the cloud, and affect the games that we're playing? And if somebody will crack that code, eventually of a procedurally generated game based on your actions and player interests. And will it crack that code and make you stay in that world longer than other games? Mm. I'm really interested to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The possibilities are endless. Um, it's, it's an interesting technology and we shall see where, where it, the journey will take us. Um, guys, I need to shout out the 150, uh viewers that are watching us live right now it's awesome of you to show up here today and uh, uh take Showing the time out of your busy schedule um really appreciate you guys stepping by and if you do enjoy the show it would be absolutely awesome of you guys to hit the like button and of course if you're new to the channel might consider subscribing 
um, we do those shows every week. So, yeah, guys, thanks for the support. Um, what else had uh, Phil Spencer to say? Oh, hang on. Oh, let me just get the super <laughs> chat out of the way before we start with the next Phil Spencer topic. Uh, Andrew Sauce. Uh, oh, he's been a, a channel member for a long time. He sends in 10 Australian uh, dollars and says, long flight to Germany tomorrow. Do you give any credence to Microsoft selling Xbox? Mm. Oh, so first of all, uh, safe travels and uh, uh, have a great trip here in Germany. I, Hit me up in the DM if you need some advice on, on which beers to taste. Uh, we had Crazy Louis recently visiting Germany and it was like in every restaurant he was, he was sending me like a picture from the menu and said, what do I need to try? So But yeah, uh, we've, we've heard that um, this week. Where, where do you guys uh, stand? Is it an option if if the ABK deal fails uh, that Microsoft's going to sell off uh, the Xbox division? Uh, mind, mind if I tackle this one first? For sure. uh, Please go ahead. No. Uh, pundits. <laughs> pundits has become my new favorite word to use, period, because uh, that was the name that of the sources that... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Andy Robinson used on his article. Uh, he said pundits in the industry uh, say that Microsoft could sell Xbox if this deal closes. Um, it is one of the most ignorant things I've actually seen a journalist say. And this was mm. in contrast. And con he was actually contradicting Phil using this. Like, contrary to what Phil Spencer says, because he was taking quotes from Phil Spencer saying that that ABK is not a linchpin for Xbox. And basically, if... Uh, if Xbox, uh, if my, they don't close ABK, Xbox will be fine, right? Yeah. Uh, which was opposite of what PlayStation was trying to say. Like, oh, if they still closes, we're doomed because Call of Duty funds all of our first-party games, right? Which mm -hmm. is the most yeah. Also, another yeah. ridiculous thing. Whoever wrote that for Sony probably is the same person <laughs> that gave Andy Robinson that information for his right. article. And, like, it's the most asinine thing because you don't go from... Investing in all these companies, building Game Pass, which is a growing subscriber base, probably around 30 million now. Mm -hmm. you, you you buy one publisher and Zenimax Bethesda. You have the most traction and forward momentum, positive momentum for Xbox mm. than you ever have had as a company. Microsoft not only expand not only doubled down on Xbox, but they expanded the scope of it within Microsoft. Naming mm -hmm. Phil Spencer's CEO Absolutely. of Microsoft Gaming, not just head of Xbox anymore. Oh. Then they are part of the board of uh, of member. Uh, what's board of um, member member of the board? So yeah, that's, then, uh, yeah, yeah. Then they go on to approve the uh, biggest acquisition in Microsoft history, right? Mm -hmm. They don't like, and this was only um because of the opportunity to do so like this was this was not like they're like hey one day we're gonna buy activision like this became a possibility because of where activision shares had fallen to mm -hmm. so they struck when the iron was hot there yeah. right and they made and they yeah. made that offer uh, they abk made the took the best deal they went and shopped for more deals they got four offers microsoft's was by far the best they negotiated it up to 95 a share microsoft's all in on this the other aspect of this if you don't believe in microsoft's commitment to it the media blitz the amount of effort all everything that microsoft has put forward into this acquisition 
shows how mm-hmm. important the gaming division is to them and their future plans with the cloud. If this deal falls through, they will shift to another strategy. They will not completely get rid of the name and focus of their entire gaming division at Microsoft. It is the complete opposite of the direction that the company is going because the gaming aspect to uh, Microsoft right now is the driver, the biggest driver for their cloud, right? For Azure and all these things. It's the the biggest marketer for it, right? Yeah. So you don't, you don't go all of that, do all these things, grow so much with everything, double down on investment after investment after investment. Like, hey, we failed to get this company, so we're just going to sell it off. That's just, it It was only, he knew yeah. what he was doing. Andy knew what he was doing. He was doing that for attention to get clicks. He won't verify any of yeah. the sources that said it. They're just called pundits out there. Pundits, if you see the name pundits anymore, he has actually <laughs> decreased the value of that word. It means nothing to me, right? right. Like it, now, yeah. it you could look up a description that could say moron. It could say oh, you know, fake person doesn't exist or whatever. Pundits <laughs> has no value, um, but I will be using the word often because it's so fun. Anyway, yeah. Forte, you want to add something Ooh. to this? Listen, man. He he he. Right. He right. He one hundred percent right. This. That's why I love Mav because I was listening to his rant the other day about it. I just think. You have a $70 billion acquisition on the table. You just spent well over 10, actually probably well more than 13 million. If you include the 7 billion that they spent on Bethesda, Bethesda. literally the last five years. So you have close to 80 to $85 billion tied up into your gaming division. Yeah. Like Mav said, which is, the biggest marketer of your cloud service Azura. So even if Xbox isn't doing what it needs to do, uh, profitability wise, like some people say in gaming, it's still bringing in customers from the outside that is influencing all the other divisions on top of it. So this is the thing. This is how Microsoft, and this is possible part of the reason why Microsoft can do a dollar deal for game pass because they're looking at it like we lose money here in order to gain more money in these other divisions because if we can showcase that we got 30 40 million people using this service and subscribing to this service just the sheer number of it and the amount of people that are you know interacting with it through xbox through pc through mobile phones and stuff like that it just makes the overall, you know, package look even more, you know, um, tantalizing to a lot of other people. Mm. So you got to think we're just a small subsection of the money that Microsoft makes off people. Yes, like we're we're <laughs> so small. They have they have billion and trillion dollar contracts yeah. with governments, with military installations and stuff like that, like. The fact that they show HoloLens, what was that, almost seven, eight years ago? Probably, yeah. <laughs> and we'd never seen that in a gaming application outside of what they showed in Minecraft at one time. But guess what? That thing is alive and well in military yeah. applications, in hospitals across the country and stuff yeah. where they're using that to, like, and you know. Commercial use as well. Yeah, I, I was watching. So, was, so uh, even uh, knowing uh, as a gamer that didn't see fruition for us, 
it still wasn't a loss for Microsoft. Same thing happened with the Connect. I mean, that was probably the worst thing that happened yeah. to Microsoft when it came to gaming, at least because they tried to put their whole business strategy around it. But even with that, they still it still finds a a home in commercial uses outside of gaming. So the gaming division itself is still very, very uh, beneficial to Microsoft. I don't see that actually being cut off, especially with all, like I said, with all the acquisitions they made, all the money they have tied up into it. It's not like something that it's not like Nokia when they spent seven billion dollars on that, and yeah. literally the phone division just died. Yeah, and, they, and it was no reason for them to keep up with it because they weren't willing to put the resources in to help maintain it. And that's the, the thing. difference is that that, that uh, phone business never was profitable for them. The Xbox, for the Xbox, Xbox division is doing very well. Yeah, exactly. for years already now. So that's uh, where I think they are when it comes to that now what could happen if there's another ceo that comes in after that's, Sadia? yeah that's now that's way. something completely different now we we will never say that microsoft would never pivot because there was a point that they were thinking about doing this you know mm. we all be kidding ourselves if we didn't yeah. think that sure that was coming from the top end so what happens when Sadia is not no longer at the head of x or of microsoft the ceo and they get somebody else in there and they start looking at the books saying, hey, you know, Microsoft's this trillion dollar company, this 4% that we're making here, do we really need it? I think that they still do because I think that that will be something that they can still leverage their cloud infrastructure over. But then that's when you have that conversation about, yeah. is Microsoft going to stay and, with Xbox? And even or, now, yeah. the, the more entrenched mm. it becomes within Microsoft, it becomes harder even for the, exactly. the future to make a move like that. Yeah. You know? Uh, and a company like this doesn't think uh, on the on, on on a short scale. Can I make the money back in the in the next quarter earning a report? They think long term. Can I grow the business? Can I grow mm -hmm. a market? That's what they look at, and that's yep. what all, this entire acquisition is all about. If it's for them to grow uh, in the in the mobile market, grow the their division, it, this is what they look at. And the thing about gaming game development uh, uh, is. You have a, like a very, very high investment you have to put mm -hmm. in for years and years. And they've been doing that over the last five years. And now they are close to getting the return of investment, a.k.a. the release of the games. Mm -hmm. uh, when they bought all these studios in 2018, 19, and then they bought Bethesda, um, the, these they they had to to fund those studios. They had to pay the salary and the development and everything for many, many years. And then you get the return of investment all at once, more or less, when, when the game comes out. So they would be super stupid to sell them off right now um, because that's when they have now the chance to actually grow the business, get the return of investment, and, and then start to grow this this entire thing. And that's what the, the, the Xbox strategy has been all along. When, we, when you look at what they do, it's not just that they try to grow their own Xbox division or gaming division. They try to grow the entire gaming market on a global scale. Now, whether they have been successful with that so far, this is debatable, but there's no argument that uh, is to be made that that has not been their strategy. They've tried to create this united ecosystem. They try to get mobile into this ecosystem now. Yeah, I would be super surprised mm -hmm. if you don't get like a tear in Candy Crush then um, mm -hmm. when you could subscribe to Game Pass. Uh, that's how you try to grow the business. Yeah? 
Yeah. <laughs> Free time um, cross <laughs> And who would be the buyer? <laughs> there's yeah, not, there's not there, I mean, there's not it's a good like, point. They don't exist. Yeah. Like who who exists that would be the buyer? Tencent. Like, <laughs> they, Microsoft wouldn't do that. That's for yeah, sure. Right? For they, sure. Not, they wouldn't sell it to Google, that's for sure. Mm. Like there's I mean, there's no there's no buyer. Yeah. I I good point. Tell, say who it is. Somebody out there that said that. I want to know who the pundits thought would would buy Xbox, right? Like, <laughs> Sony can't afford, Sony can't afford it. They can't they can't even afford to buy a large publisher, you know. Yeah. So I thought you were going to say a large Happy Meal or something. <laughs> a large Happy Meal. They can't afford, they can't even afford a six piece Happy Meal. <laughs> I was just waiting for like a Happy Meal to come out your mouth. They, they can't even yeah. get the Cardi B offset meal. Oh man. Oh man. Uh, good stuff. So. Where were we? Andrew, you totally threw us uh, off the rails with your super chat. A shout out. I love that. Um, absolutely. Um, Phil Spencer talked about ABK, of course, since we are on the topic anyway, um, about the entire parity thing and uh, Call of Duty being exclusive. So um, he reassured everyone what he has been saying for as long as this thing is going on, um, it's going to be uh, not going to be exclusive. Yeah, he mm-hmm. confirms that um, they will get parity. He touched on the parity plans. Uh, that means same content. Um, when being asked about the, the um, graphic features, of course, a Switch version won't <laughs> be able to run the same graphical features like a... No. Um, like an Xbox or PlayStation version. Um, so, of course, that depends. But same content, no exclusive things, nothing what Sony has been doing. He actually said like they that they did do these things, um, call them out. So, um, I mean, all of that was not new, if we are honest. Um, we've heard that so many times, but um, it's a certain fan base. And, of course, the regulators that try... To, to still think that they that they have a hidden agenda with the exclusivity on on Call of Duty, um, do you guys think this this story is going to to end anyway uh, any anytime soon? Um, and that that it's actually believable that they have signed contracts, legal binding contracts, uh, to not have exclusivity, uh, to bring it to Nintendo, uh, to bring it to um, and Nvidia's achievers now. Um, and if Sony chooses to 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 PlayStation, um, do, do, do you guys think the this that that the regulators will 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 accept that? What you think, math? Oh yeah, mm. I think I think so. It's already coming out today that the EU is looking like they're going to accept uh, concessions, mm. right? So uh, that that's a fresh report today, and it's mm-hmm. numerous yep. reports, or reports like from Bloomberg and stuff like that. Uh, they said that they are not asking for any uh, di- divesture of yes. assets the EU, or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, the thing you, that- you re- just just for for those who didn't read the news, uh, let me briefly what was reported is that um, they are unlikely to demand asset sales uh, from Macquarie Activision merger. So, um, selling off Call of Duty was one of the things that um, that uh, the CMA. Uh, suggested uh, that's something the EU won't 
um, require. Uh, require. Yeah. And they also uh, extended their deadline for its decision making. Um, the antitrust boss uh, from the from the EU said uh, they cannot be in a race to rule mega deals like this. So um, the deadline is now uh, April 25th for the EU. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I I feel like the Nvidia deal and the Nintendo deal held a lot of weight, right? Um, yeah. And when those came out, um, the, also the offer that was said that they were going to make to the EU did not actually include all ABK games, which was a rumor be- the day before that. So it only included Call of Duty when they actually supposedly made mm-hmm. the offer. So I, I'm curious about what the future holds with that regards, because I think the CMA is going to be the final kicker there on what yeah. all concessions meet. But uh, they're kind of tied hand in hand now with the e- mm-hmm. with the EC and the CMA. Uh, the EC just move their dates back to like their final decisions like one day before the um before the cma now so those are gonna there's there's negotiating back and forth between them all um i feel like and the cma is going to be probably the stringiest uh, stringiest but i i think the ec approval on this when they do decide to approve it or whatever they agree to is going to be used within the cma as well and as a cma asks for like another little thing Right or or like yeah. hey, we'll do it at this or whatever. Um, I, that's a possibility. It's looking like right now the hurdles are clearing, right? Um, their stock today went up like two and a half percent after that news, right? Yeah. Uh, Activision Blizzard. So like, this is this is good signs for Microsoft, um, who's been again just like putting. I haven't seen this kind of media blitz over an acquisition before, right? And and but I, I it's not like I follow acquisitions out there in business, but like. Yeah, this is very forward facing. You see all these different articles from even non gaming uh, publications covered. You see these interviews all the time on like MSNBC and, you know, CNN or wherever. And executives constantly sitting down talking about this deal. Uh, What's come out largely is that the entire industry is pretty much in favor of it and has no issues with Mm -hmm. it, except for Mm -hmm. Google and Sony. Nvidia was but on who their cares side. what Google thinks on this deal? Honestly, yeah, exactly. um, the they, they have been scrutinized uh, with yeah. so many other deals. Right. With and it, it's also so. come out that their complaints have been basically laughed at from the regulators. Yeah. Like they, yeah. they, Google is the worst possible ally for Sony to have. So it, it's all come down at the end of the day to Sony being the main yeah. complainant. So you just got to look at it. Well, are the EU and the CMA going to accept these? It looks like the EU is now just dependent on the the CMA, but I find it more likely that the CMA will concur with the EU because the CMA will, at the end of this, if they don't approve it, they'll be the only ones, right? Yes. Because the FTC, regardless of what the FTC says, they're gonna, says they're going to lose in court, right? Yes. So right. It, they, they're eventually they're probably going to come to some kind of uh, concession or agree whatever the EU said or, or whatever because they yeah. don't necessarily want to go losing in court again but if they do they'll take it there and they'll lose right that's what lena khan mm. wants to do so that's what they'll do but microsoft's already said that if that's the case they're already they will close before then because they won't want the ftc to hold up or have to renegotiate the contracts because the ftc uh made a prolonged experience right so yeah. microsoft said they'll close regardless uh of yep. what the ftc says yes they'll let them they'll take it to federal court or whatever so it's up to the cma at the end of the day and yeah, I think that I think these provisions are good. They also came out and said that they will uh, Microsoft will appoint a third party 
um, company to oversee the to oversee them so that way the CMA doesn't actually have to be the ones that oversee to make sure that they follow through on their promises. So all of these are check boxes, right? They've been ahead of the ballpark every step of the way mm-hmm. from the be- from the beginning. They said that they're looking to close this deal probably into fiscal year 2023. It's still looking like that's going to be the case, right? Nothing yeah. has really changed from what Microsoft said as the expectations. Um, yes. So, Except for now, we're going to get some interesting stuff from Sony, which is going to be really. Oh yeah, yeah. We will get that in a second, Forte. Uh, one, one second. Let me briefly catch up on the supers okay. that came in. Dronty um, J sends in five dollars. Thank you, man. He says in 2017 the Xbox division was worth 571 billion dollars, so they are probably worth a trillion now. Um, I I, I uh, would like to challenge those numbers. Yeah, well, I don't <laughs> so think it's worth that much. <laughs> shout out to They're not yeah. worth thirty three percent of Microsoft. Yeah, I think, I think like Xbox yeah. is probably like twenty to thirty billion somewhere in there. Just the Xbox yeah. without without ABK. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, without ABK, uh, yeah, I think, without it. Without ABK, you're probably in the mid twenties to thirty or somewhere around there. Probably, I would assume um, a little higher because you have like be. you have an entire platform, you know, not not just a bunch of studios behind uh, yourself. But um, the trillion, I yes. would also challenge that number. Um, uh, I'm Microsoft not really Microsoft is only like a two and a half trillion. Yeah, yeah, yeah two, I mean, exactly, exactly. Right. So what percentage? What, what you have to do is look at yeah. what percentage is Microsoft as part of uh, Xbox as part of Microsoft and then yeah. look at what value Microsoft has. Right. The other thing mm-hmm. is Xbox is a part of Microsoft gaming. It's not the entirety of, Indeed. of it either. What, because they obviously, when they made Phil Spencer, the CEO of that and called them Microsoft gaming, there's mm-hmm. some other intentions or plans. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So chunk mail uh, writes in a super generous super chat with 2020, uh, tw- 22 uh, euros. He says, once again, great insights. Keep up the good work. Thank you, man. Maybe you should organize a meet and greet at games at Gamescom this year. Have a nice cold one on me. Um, we are most certainly going to do that. Dutch and I actually booked one day longer than we in- originally intended to stay to have like at least one day fully just for meet and greets, meeting with people from the community and everything. We'll let you guys know, of course, a little closer um, in, in how to contact us when you are at game Gamescom. Are we going to do that? Um, but that's definitely the mo- the biggest reason why we go there. We want to meet people from the community. Uh, we want to yep. meet up with, with all, all the, who, who, everyone who's going. Uh, so that's definitely the plan. And we actually booked a day longer. We discussed how many nights are we going to stay. Um, but we decided we, we add an extra day because it's uh, definitely worth uh, doing that. So, and then we have Tom from Tonami writing in a $5 super chat. Thank you, man. He says, Michael Pachter predicted this a few weeks ago that the FTC jumped in front of the CMA and the, uh, the EU was going to jump in front of the CMA. So, yeah, it, it kind of it looks like when you when you th- look at these three regular uh, uh, regulators, um, it kind of gives you the bad look when you are the last guy now to approve this mm-hmm. and a lot of signs are pointing towards a a very uh, positive outcome for microsoft um forte this uh, was also um 
uh, uh, announced, I think, today or yesterday uh, on this. Um, and that is that the FTC has told PlayStation that they have to reveal their first party, uh, third party exclusive deals. Sony yes. requested uh, uh, to, to quash uh, uh, Microsoft uh, Sapona um, um, uh, and it. Um, and yeah, they rejected that. So they have to go back to Chen all the way back to 2019, January 2019, and they have to reveal all exclusive deals that they had since uh, that point in time. Um, TJ sent in the super chat earlier, uh, uh, pointing that also out that they lost <laughs> at this. Um, so yeah, now they have to 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 put the, those arguments on the table or. Um, the way I at least understood it is otherwise uh, their arguments um, can't be accounted for anymore in, in this thing. So, Forte, what do you, what do you th make of this um, big loss for Sony? Man, I'm just happy that they finally got to go. Listen, is it a listen? It's a loss for Sony just due to the fact that they don't want to share mm. any of this information. But it's a win for fans because we finally get a chance to get to see what the heck they have on the docket. Because, you know, the one thing that's come from this ABK deal is the fact that everybody is afraid to show and talk about what they have in the oven. Sony doesn't hasn't done a. Sh I mean, outside of the latest showcase they just did for PSVR for the most part, yeah. they haven't shown anything. Like we, Spider Man. We, yes, that's it. Well, well Spider Man, and that was announced on Twitter. Yeah, true. That that wasn't even a blog. Twitter that was, blog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was Asamiak coming out saying that they were on track for Spider-Man Two yeah. still this year. Sony officially didn't come out and say. I mean, if, yeah. So Sony didn't even really come out and say there was Asamiak. Yeah. So I'm just happy as a gamer because this is the only good thing that came from this for me. I mean, yes, Microsoft mm. is. Um, getting a win when it comes to getting them to have to you know showcase everything that they have when it comes to third party um deals and everything but it's more impactful as a gamer because we just want to know what the heck these studios and companies are doing when it comes to earning our money and that's the mm. more important thing so i'm super excited to see that actually happen but the fact that microsoft has been you know getting dragged by all the by the EMU by the regulators and everything uh acting like that this is gonna destroy competition in gaming it just seems like we're at a point now where it's turning in Microsoft's favor slightly they still have yeah. an uphill battle to go but this is the beginning of them saying or the regulators saying like okay well Sony we definitely still back you but you do have to disclose some of this stuff because it's still not fair, I feel, to say that, you know, them owning ABK is going to, you know, make it less competition. But you're out mm. here money hat and everything, you know, this whole entire generation when it comes to like all these third party deals and stuff. So and I think that's part of the reason why a lot of these companies don't have a problem with Microsoft doing this because they're making these deals with Sony. They's like, well, we want to be able to make the deals we want to make with the people we want to make because they're the market leader. So we really can't be, you know, we really can't contradict like doing stuff like this if we're going to make these third party deals with these other companies. So I'm just super happy to see that this is actually going to finally come to light and we're going to get the chance to see what other games Sony has in the works for the beginning of this year, not the beginning of towards the end of this year, going into 2024. 
You're on mute, Archie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, uh, the uh, it, it will be interesting to see. Uh, for they absolutely right. Um, what they have. We shouldn't expect like first party announcements because they right. they only have to reveal the third party deals. Yeah. But since they are heavily relying on third party uh, this year, uh, for the most part, as we know, uh, at least um, with Final Fantasy and, and, and games like that coming out, um, it will definitely be interesting to see what they else have picked up. Um, so, yeah, uh, man, I, I actually, now, now that you mention it, Forte, it's been... What now? 17, 18 months since we had the last proper uh, PlayStation showcase, right? It's been a um, while. It's been, yeah, that, been that a last day to play it was not very much fun. No, that, <laughs> um, that was a. It wasn't a, it. It was a VR showcase with a bunch of VR games that yeah. people don't care about. Yeah, yeah. And Suicide Squad. Actually, I liked Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad was I know. Cool. Yeah, I know it was controversial. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. said they didn't like it. I I actually liked what I saw. Um, and here's the thing, but even the people that are like like it, it's I don't sense the level of excitement that should be for a Rocksteady game. That's that true. is true. That's you know what true. I mean? So like for me, that's the disappointing thing. Like it looks mm. like a cool, fun game. Yeah, cool. But like yeah. it doesn't meet. It's not what, Arkham City level. It's not, you know, it's not yeah. Rocksteady hype, right? Mm-hmm. It's been eight years. Since that last Rocksteady game, and we've all been waiting because Rocksteady had earned that place as one of the top tier prominent developers in gaming, point blank, period. Yeah. And we're all sitting waiting. Okay, well, what are they doing? What are they doing? Eventually, the next Rocksteady thing is going to be amazing. Oh my god, I can't wait. You know, oh, go we went to Rocksteady make something else, and and then this is what we get, right? Which is cool. It looks like it's going to be fun. You know, it's just not like mm-hmm. it doesn't have I, the same I, hype. Of punch, I feel yeah. like. Even after this game comes out, I'm still going to be waiting for the next Rocksteady game. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'll be like, waiting for a while. Um, <laughs> it, it's just like that flavor, that special sauce. I know. For me, missing it. it's got some of it in there. You can tell like the roots are in there, right? Yeah. It's just like the arcadey gameplay style of like the shooting and the guns and stuff. Just like, just doesn't sit with me on like that grit mm-hmm. that I that I'm used to from them. You know. But it, it is it is what it is. Uh, besides, uh, we'll get back to the other question you were talking about, um, about the uh, Sony stuff, right? Mm. Um, that's the most amazing thing that's going to come out of this deal. Like, you, you talk about my, Microsoft as a, as a double whammy win here. You, you potentially get the ABD, ABK deal closed, plus yes. also... Sony has to release all these internal documents from like 2019 mm-hmm. yeah. uh, going forward, and which includes not only their slate of potential slate, right? But it yeah. includes maybe internal plans on the direction that they wanted to go, which yeah. could also, you know, one thing that Sony's done in the past is they've said one thing and then done another, yes. right? Yeah. A lot, right? That's been their it's, MO this, this generation. Well, yeah. we, we believe in generations and all that stuff, and then everything's crossed. Uh, like uh, on cross platform, yeah, it's fine, right? And then we're we're we know we uh don't think we're going to do subscription gaming. We don't believe in it. Let's launch our next PlayStation t- extra tier. Now you're starting to have yeah. a little bit of other games get announced that are coming day one from third parties. And and we've been saying this for a long time that we feel like that's the direction ultimately they're going to go because that's just mm. the, the direction that gaming is going. They're just yes. like they're just being pulled along there, and they don't they 
faster than they wanted to, right? Um, I think it would be best for them if they dove in faster than later with that because they don't want to get so far behind in that regard that it comes to bite them. So I think yeah. putting their games in there sooner than later is a good thing, but we'll see. I think they're going to get to that point. Game Pass didn't start off like with this huge library that we have now, right? True. So eventually there's only get 100 there. games at first. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. It was, and they and used that tech line for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> like we got 500 games. We talked about 100 plus games. Anyway, so <laughs> once it gets to that point, like their, their subscription numbers on that will explode as well, right? But, mm-hmm. um, Besides, besides that fact, I want. I'm curious if we get to see their like roadmap for that stuff, right? Yeah. Like, and not only that, um, but these exclusive deals for third party companies that are going to be laid out on the table. Uh, oh. That Final Fantasy VII remakes, you know, your Final yeah. Fantasy Sixteens, uh, that game like Stellar Blade that people are talking mm-hmm. about right now, and yeah. what what are the dealings? How like what took place to make these things happen? Like. What's in the contracts, right? Because that's what argument, I'm interested in. Is is it really like the parity clause? How how, yes. how many times do we see well, that in there, or what, you what else? The one yeah. that leaked before from like Capcom a while back for Resident Evil and stuff like with the marketing rights. Like, yeah. the mm-hmm. thing is, is that they've been making the case about Microsoft potentially being able to abuse their power to do these kind of things, right? Yeah, and and like use their power to influence market influence the market dictate what platforms games show up on and all these different things right mm-hmm. and when you yeah. keep making that argument and then it's going to be exposed that the contracts that a lot of us have already seen that have been leaked right show these things like you're not allowed to release your game on game pass you're mm-hmm. not allowed to release your yeah. uh, to ha- even mention the words xbox or you're not allowed to uh do for like a year after release then plus three months we get the first rights of refusal and all these kind of things just just for marketing sometimes right like just the, and that's what's listed in there now if you actually look up the cma's definition and what they've used before uh against companies like google mm-hmm. or abusing dominant market share position it's it's actually that manipulating contracts in a way to prevent them from releasing products on other platforms and other in other places right mm-hmm. so the sony's arguments about the fear of microsoft doing this right is going to yeah. blow up in their face when these potentially get exposed the, of the playbook on how to do it because that's how they've dominated the gaming market for uh so long this, and even listen, the I, I, I said exclusive agreements are going to be yeah. exposed with that yeah. right I said this even before we knew that they have to reveal this. Uh, it's it's hard for Sony to come out of this entire deal um, looking like uh, the good guy. Um, no matter what, what the outcome, um, how will they be? Let, let's assume the deal gets blocked. How will they continue to work with ABK? Can you mm-hmm. can you imagine like? The, the the people sitting down in one room together to get like the next Call of Duty deal hammered out that, that that's they 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 burn so many bridges there. Then also other publishers will look at this. How does Sony behave here? Yeah, um, uh, it 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 is they are not not um, coming out of this deal looking like. 
um, that the nice business partner they, that everyone wants them to be, EA and, and, and whatnot, will still, of course, sign uh, contracts and deals and uh, uh, release their games uh, there. But I would be surprised if they didn't um, destroy, destroy like a, a lot of reputation and, and goodwill in, in, in like the industry. So, um, yeah, Mav, uh, great. You bring up great points. Um, it's it it is definitely something. I said like I want to see what's in the contracts, not just the games itself. I want to really see. Uh, that because we've had like the power narrative uh, uh, this week was a lot discussed. Like, mm -hmm. why do we see some games perform better on PlayStation, stuff like that? And I want to see what what's actually in the contracts. Yeah, uh, how many times do we see the parity clause? How many times do we actually see developers um, being hindered from releasing their games on onto Game Pass, or what other things are in there that we might not think of just yet? So right. Um, yep. definitely going to be something, something interesting to see. Uh, I, uh, think they have like a month now uh, around about, if I remember correctly. It's like, yeah. It's like April 21st or something. Literally. Yeah. Some, yeah. Good month from now until they have to present those, uh, those, uh, insights. So yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be, uh, interesting to see what, what will come out. Something else interest, very interesting happened uh, this week as well. So to to move away from because I know we have math only for another twenty minutes, so we gotta make it count. <laughs> <laughs> um, the coalition guys is hiring for Gear Six. Um, they mm. put up multiple job postings this week. Um, job listings for. Uh, uh, candidates with experience in, in character creation and camera uh, design and uh, in, in control design, AI system, how, uh, people who know how, how to design AI systems. Um, they said the coalition is a Microsoft first party development studio located in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, we are the official home of Gears of War and our objective is to forge the future of the IP and push the limits of Microsoft entertainment platforms and devices. Um, so yeah, guys, it looks like we, we've heard, um, that Gears 6 is now in full production. They are hiring, um, and with our discussion earlier about E3, what, what do you think? Um, is is Gears a possibility that we already see Gears 6 this year? When was Gears for 5? That was 2019, I want to say. Yeah. So before Gears this year. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Oh, man. It feels like that just, it feels like it just came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, High Busters was a year after, so yeah. so yeah, that's probably what it was because High Busters was um, something that was newer. I still feel like I want to see them do something. I mean, they don't have to. Okay, so when you say stuff like this, people get upset. It's like, no, they need to make Gears of War. No, I just want them to do something different because mm. I don't feel like. I feel like Gears of War is one of those franchises that you need to like in order to get it to where people really truly want it to be you have to kind of give it a break. It has to you know give people a chance to come up with really good ideas, really good 
um, gameplay elements that they can implement into it. Um, the mo-capping and stuff like that, I think it's going to be super beneficial to them, especially now that they own studios like Ninja Theory that has their own in-house capture studio like that. So I think that will help a lot more with the overall storytelling aspects of it. Uh, I would be happy to see a Gears of War um, very soon. Um, I wouldn't be against it because I love the franchise. But I think, just like I said with Halo, sometimes you get that fatigue when it comes to a franchise and you kind of just want to see it disappear for a while and see other things. And and maybe this wouldn't be such a big, a big negative, not negative, but a big thing for some people. If Microsoft had released a lot of other games along the way to kind of like give variety to exactly what we have now, they have released games, but I think they just haven't released those triple a games on a consistent enough basis to make people forget about, Oh yeah, there is a gears of war that you're making. Oh yeah. There is a halo that's coming out, you know, cause it's like kind of where all the supplemental things to those big top tier games, instead of just being, you know, like, you know, shout out to kids moving this saw halo gears and Forza. Um, I do think as time goes on, we won't um, this won't be a problem. I just think right now, due to the fact that they have so many delays of some of their major franchises and we're still waiting to see that stuff come out is why a lot of people will probably be like, oh, I'm tired of Gears of War because people really ain't tired of Gears of War. They're just tired of that just being always in the conversation and nothing else being there. But it's never too early for them to actually start theory crafting and working on something like that. I just think that right now, a lot of people just want to see them iterate on gears of war. And the next time it does release, it's more impactful than they felt gears four and gears five was. Cause you know, the open world was really good in five. I think high busters was the best part of gears of war five. Uh, gears of war f- five was because really it was- good. It was, was, re- was again, it was more straight. Forward, it was to the point. It, yeah, it was to the point. It was structured. It was, it was, um, it had a narrative, a hook that everybody understood and it wasn't drawn out. And I think that's where kind of uh, Gears of War uh, 5, like the official game, kind of struggled a little bit with, even though in the game was still really good. So that's what I want them to do. I just want them to take their time and not feel like they have to release a Gears of War every four to five years. Six, seven years is good, but that also depended on get on Microsoft releasing a lot of games in an intermit that make people say, I don't need Gears of War right now. I can play all these other games and they can take their time on that. And that's where we need to be at when it comes to these franchises. Mm, I agree. Um, for the most part, I just don't want to take them a break. Mm, I want them to take a little longer because they have on that three-year cycle. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's really the thing. The thing about Gears is when you look at Gears 4, Gears 5, they were were spot on from a gameplay perspective. They felt great. Yep. They they had everything uh, Gears needs. I, I, I get the point that um, they ma- might la- lack a little of innovation. It tried something new with Gears 5. Some people liked it, some didn't. That's all. what always happens if you change like a yep. well-established franchise. I think that the problem with Gears is that when Gears 4 and 5 came out, we were in the middle of this narrative that Xbox only has Fable, uh, has, has uh, Halo, Maybe Gears, and Fable Forza. Did. 
<laughs> I would love. I would love to have a Fable, but right. uh, I was. I want to say it was Halo Gears and Forza. Halo Gears and Forza, and that's what, why people grew tired of yep. of, of Gears. If you have look at at Xbox now, and 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 if you look at the roadmap of the next two three years, they have such a diversified portfolio of games coming. If you sprinkle in a Gear Six, a well established, a classic, an Xbox classic IP, I don't think it gets the same sentiment like Gears Four and Five did. Um, yeah. So I don't want them to take like a big break um i just want to take them a little more time and uh, really figure out where where's gears going don't make them make it the same mistake like they did with halo and try to make it into a, a games as a service title um but try to figure out where where do you go with 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 the ip and bring the the the, the second trilogy to, to a fantastic end i i want to see it uh Mav, what do you think gear six I think it'll be prop. I mean, we could if we saw it at E3, it would be mm. like a reveal for a game coming out in the next next year mm-hmm. at the earliest. I mm. think. It, yeah. I, I don't feel like it's. They aren't supposedly in full production on it now, right? Which is which is cool. I am a little bit with Forte. I wish that the other project that they had been working on would end up coming to fruition. But according to uh, leaks and insiders out there like Grub, that they're no longer working on that, right? So I think they they originally announced that they had multiple projects that they're working on. This was like two years ago, I think. So that's obviously changed now, right? So now we're focused on Gear 6. Um, I'm thinking maybe it was because they just were further along with that. Now they just maybe were like, hey, let's just go full force into this thing um and really make a gears showpiece but regardless even of that you look at when they were on that three-year cycle that 2016 to 2019 that was between gears four and five that's just only making gears right so they were there was no like big hurdles they had to fall through there was no pandemic there was nothing like that at that time it still took them three years to get from four to five right yeah so then after to that 2019 you say they're working on a couple other projects that they experimented with or whatever. And you also had the whole pandemic that lasted uh, still somewhat like effects are in the industry still, but majorly in uh, 2020, 2021 and all that kind of stuff. So you're thinking that's probably takes things a little bit further, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think you at minimum have a four year dev cycle on gear six and more than likely a five. So I wouldn't necessarily anticipate this game uh, this year for sure. I would uh, maybe anticipate it possibly late next year or maybe early the following. Hmm. So I'm looking at maybe early 2025, late 2024. You know, but I'm with you there. That's just a guess. Just a guess. Just a guess. I I wish it was something else though. I I I don't want them to stop making gears. I but I always thought coalition is like so freaking talented, especially with Unreal. Mm-hmm. And with the Unreal Engine 5 and the, everything they're, they're capable of and all the stuff that's happening, all this stuff, I just wanted them to potentially do something else just to wow everybody and like create a whole nother IP. One that they could do a thing where 
like um, Naughty Dog did where they would switch or Uncharted Last of Us, you know, Uncharted Last of Us or whatever. Mm -hmm. I would love for the coalition to evolve into that kind of studio because that would help gears out. In my opinion, you have a little bit longer wait between the sequels or between the games. You get more excitement, more dissipation where they can go back and forth. Yeah. 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 The the other aspect of this is maybe why they made their change and went full force into this is because there is that gears show in the works. Right. Yeah. Um, and maybe they're trying to line that up. Hypothetically. Mm, right? I haven't Don't thought know. about that, but yeah. I mean, it definitely would make sense to have, like, when you have a TV show adjacent to it, uh, to have a, a game ready. Um, yeah. I haven't thought about that, but yeah, it would make sense. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, we, we shall see. Um like you said, they are super talented in, and they helped out so many other studios. We've heard they work also with on State of the K3. They helped um, on Halo Infinite. Remember, they, they helped on that yeah. a little bit, too. And who knows yeah. what they're helping on now? Also, I mean, I don't I, know. I think Xbox is uh, our good buddy 3Bit, who uh, is on of our shows, talks about it, that one thing he learned with his time there is that the teams within Xbox, within those studios, do share stuff a lot, mm. right? So it's I wouldn't be surprised if you know they're not helping anybody else that may be working on something to come together. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Mav, I know you need to go uh, in a few. So I quickly ask you uh the quest uh, the, the following uh, thing. Project Dragon was kind of revealed, um, at least officially announced this week. Um from IO Interactive. Um they announced that they are uh, making an online fantasy RPG um, that was supposed to be Xbox exclusive Project Dragon. Uh, no mention of platforms whatsoever uh, during the announcement. Uh, they said the following, we are building a new world, a new IP, an online fantasy RPG, a world mm -hmm. and a game built from the core to entertain players and expand for many years to come. They also released one... Um, um uh concept art uh, along with it so yeah project dragon we've referred about this game for like i want to say at least a year one and a half years um where do, where do you land with this announcement no platforms have been mentioned so yeah it's still i guess you know we heard about this because of jazz originally right yes uh, with all of his all of his project names he likes to give us. Love it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. turns out things are always true. It's weird, you know, when you follow the right insiders mm -hmm. or uh, pay attention to them. Um, so uh, this game, I feel like it's going to maybe th four years away. Who knows? It's going to be ways off, right? Uh, yeah. They probably made this post more for hiring and stuff to re recruitment. Could be. Possibly. It as well. makes that easier. Um, yeah. The, because they're also working on that on that gold uh, not golden ion but on the, on the james bond um game right they're making it yeah. they're making that they've still been supporting hitman like crazy yeah. you know uh so they're an amazing team uh supposedly this one is that game that's going to be a uh xbox uh either game pass game or xbox published game or something it was rumored before but we don't know 100 things can always change as well right so um, but if this game is that, it's huge for Xbox because IOI is very talented. I like when they we just talked about this, when studios step outside their comfort zone and, and do something different, you know, maybe it doesn't always hit, 
right? But uh, I like to see um, this, a studio like IOA trying to do something um, like this. Like, it's multiplayer-focused, fantasy. I mean, it's just checking a lot of boxes for me, man. Like, um, yeah. I, I, one of the most talented studios out there that's made one game, really, for a long time. Yeah. So that has one my... franchise, big, yeah. That has my yeah. big more than anything. What is a non-Hitman game going to look mm. like here? Right? Yeah. We'll find that out with Bond also. But this is like Bond, you could kind of see that. Well, Hitman to Bond, right? Yeah, it's like a sense. natural progression. Yeah. They, they, they get hired to do that game, whatever, you, or they license it because they are a good fit. But like this is like a completely different territory, right? Yeah. So it's, like, it's like Horizon yeah. to Fable for like Playground, right? Exactly. It's like that, almost like that big of a jump. So I, I, uh, I can't wait to see what it looks like down the road. Yeah, same here, same here. So Forte, before we get your your thoughts on this, um, Math, I know you need to uh, pick up your daughter. So yeah. um, I want to say a big thank you for taking your time to come on here today. Let people know where they can find you and what you've coming up. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for uh, getting me out of here because I do have to pick my daughter up from school. But yeah. uh, awesome show as well. I was super happy when you invited me and I saw Forte was going to be here as well. Because that's my dude right there. I absolutely love Forte. He's just an um, amazing person in the community. And absolutely. a great podcast that he's going to have later tonight with DPS. And I'm sure he'll tell you all about it on his outro. Um, but yeah, I want to thank you and keep up your great show. Keep up the great traction you have here on World of Gaming. Uh, everybody thank in the you. chat. This chat was absolutely amazing, except for like the one yes. troll I keep seeing just post <laughs> nonsense over and over again. Anyway, besides that, if you guys want to find what we have going on, just follow on Twitter at Fun Speculation or check out YouTube Fun Speculation, uh, where we have multiple podcasts. We do three podcasts a week. Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern time, we have Fun Speculation podcast. Uh, that's a, we talk about all consoles, plus we also look ahead at uh, the games coming out for the week. Uh, Thursdays, we have PM in the PM with my buddy Pong Soul. So if you want to see the leader of the marchers yeah. and the co-president... Uh, when it all started at, at 7 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time, we will be live uh, tonight. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Pong's hyped. I'm hyped. It's going to be a fun show as long as yeah. the storms don't knock out my power. So I'm crossing my fingers. And fingers then crossed. Stay safe, also, man. Yeah. yeah Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern time is the show that started it all for our channel, Xbox Ultimate Podcast. And we're looking <laughs> to have a fun time uh, this Friday. Uh, and we're, man, there's a lot of nonsense to talk about. So. That's the show where if you want nonsensical Absolutely. conversation to talk about nonsense, that you want to tune into Xbox <laughs> Ultimate because we go left, right, sideways, up and down, all over the place. So check that out, everybody. Appreciate uh, you again, man, for having me. Absolutely. I highly recommend to everyone to check it out. Uh, one of one of my favorite uh, shows, you know, the, uh, your Xbox show, the, the original show from your yeah. channel is usually my weekend podcast. When I oh, cool. run my errands over the weekends, it's always when I <laughs> listen back. I usually don't catch it live because it's like 2 a.m. Yeah, my time when you guys you. air. That's like 4 but, for you, I think. Or, or, or even 4, yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, so, but I, I always uh, do listen uh, back. Um, so, yeah, great channel you got there. Um, it's highly recommended. And guys, if you need uh, to find his channel, just click in the description of the show. You will find everything there. Um, his Twitter, the, the YouTube channel, everything. So, yeah, Mav, thanks again for coming have on. Have a good one, and I'll let you fix your squares on the overlay when I bounce. <laughs> <laughs>
Peace. Absolutely. <laughs> Take it easy, everybody. Okay. See you later, bro. See ya. So, and there we are. Uh, Forte. Yeah, Project Dragon. Man, where, where do you stand with this? Yeah, uh, just like Bass said earlier, man, I, I'm really interested. Um, it takes a lot for me to, especially because it's like, okay, when you play a lot of games and services, games it mm. takes up a lot of your time so yeah. the fact that all of the stuff that i'm hearing about it seems so interesting it really makes me want to jump into that and i will jump into it day one when it finally does release and stuff i just think in general like Matt was saying earlier when it comes to io having that type of partnership you know seeing something outside of the hitman franchise is something mm. that i've definitely always been a, a super fan of they have a really really good um engine when it comes to like developing stuff like the fact that a lot of people on pc use their games to test high-end um high-end hardware to see exactly what we can actually push the limit to when it comes to these games mm -hmm. so i'm really interested to see exactly where it's going to go uh i like to see developers take chances on new things that they never um did before uh and plus it just diversifies your uh your your, your portfolio portfolio can't say words right now uh so i'm looking forward to seeing exactly what that's going to be in general but um mm. from everything we hear from it and shout out to jazz the real insider you know a lot of people he him and Rand always say that Rand says he's not in, an insider i always tell yeah, him, I, said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always tell him i said listen you may not think you're an insider but you work with an insider every week so yes. that's so by proxy you're an insider. And he was like, should have for today. Yes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> is that something similar to him in the, in, the, in the green room when he was on our show a few weeks ago? Yeah. Um, because I know for a fact, for instance, when Jess published the article about him seeing a certain a part of the gameplay of, of Avowed, mm -hmm. he showed that also to Rand just to, to have proof that the footage actually exists so exists. he knows stuff he knows stuff yeah. Yeah, that's why i always <laughs> yeah. laugh at him but yeah i'm looking forward to seeing exactly what's going to happen with that mm. absolutely um yeah you guys both uh, pretty much covered it um it's i want i want to see what they can do outside of hitman um because like as much as i'm excited for 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 the james bond game that's such mm -hmm. an obvious move <laughs> to yeah, do yeah exactly. after hitman so yeah completely different kind of thing an online game high fantasy rpg um yeah definitely going to be an interesting one mm -hmm. so forte usually at the end of this show um we have a segment that we call the community questions where people oh. can write in questions uh up front um okay. so even if you are not part of the live chat, uh, you can send in some questions or topics that they want that they want uh, that that people want to uh, us to cover. A lot of people also use that, of course, uh, that listen on the podcast services uh, around the globe to to get some of the questions uh, in here. And we have a few very good ones. Uh, I'm gonna throw a couple of those at you. Let's go, though. <laughs> All right. Um, Jonathan Smith writes in, he says, Hey guys, sorry for my late uh, question. He just sent it in like a few minutes before the show. No problem, man. Uh, 
But I recently have been fascinated by ChatGPT AI program and its capabilities. And it led me to pose this question. Do you think it will be likely for game developers to implement this type of AI tech into speech for NPCs in their game? Um, wow. Um, we talked about ChatGPT a little bit earlier, but uh, this is a real interesting thing. So... You know, the funny thing, what would happen for that to really be a reality, you would have to have it. So we have seen a lot of NPCs or a lot of developers implement the silent protagonist role when it comes to your main character. Yeah. Um, which some people love, some people hate because they feel, you know, they feel you know, the whole purpose of it is to make you feel like you're the hero or you're the hero of your own story. Yeah. And it's playing out in front of you. But if you want to take that to the next level, you have if chat if AI gets to that point, you can actually have meaningful conversations like say you have a headset on and there's dialogue options in the game that you could pick from in the in it, it is like variations on how you can ask those questions. Yeah. And as you're talking, like you're interacting with the game itself then the NPCs react to what you have to say. And we saw with like, especially with chat GTP that those responses like are fast, like two, yes. three seconds. Like I literally, I, you can literally ask it a question about anything and it can write you. Like I said, it's funny. Cause it could write you a thesis in less than mm-hmm. five seconds. And it's all yes. with links and formulas and everything. Yes. So, we are we're already at the precedence of where the latency between the question being asked and being responded to would fit perfectly into a video game atmosphere, you know, in a, a setting. Mm-hmm. So if we ever get to that point where we can like talk to the game and interact with it with our own voice, it did it responds back to us. That's where you would see something like that in the RPG really, really take place. Because oh, yeah. at that point, I mean, you'll just be basically having voice actors just voice the AI's voice. Yes, lend their voice for for the AI and stuff at yeah. that point, which would be really cool just to lend your voice to something like that. Would be cool. It would be cool. Man. That's what I'm saying. It's, be, it's like on some old, some other stuff. So I can see it happening, but that type of implementation would be a decade from now, at least. Probably it, it will be a long time, but I can see that, especially in those, you know, extensive um, RPGs where you have like branching narratives um, and uh, uh, your actions actually influencing the world. And if, of course, uh, developer doesn't have to rely on pre-written um, lines um, uh, on possible choices of, of your behavior in the world uh, but the AI automatically adapts to that I mean the potential is is, yeah, is huge yeah because the biggest thing is they can still have parameters for yeah. how far the AI is willing to go outside because like I said the biggest thing is with RPGs is the wall of text that you get, or the, like you said, the conversation branch tree that you get. So let's just say they give you like, it can still structure you in the game. So it doesn't go off the rails where Mm. instead you can, you can do the traditional way by clicking the option, or you can say, 
any of those questions in a variation of ways that you want to say. It doesn't have to be word for word. It could just be, yeah. hey, you can say this conversation like this, and then the game will respond to you in kind to whatever that parameter for that question is. I think that would be really, really cool because then you don't have to be as generic as saying, how did you get here? You could probably say, how the heck did you get here, man? How did we really get mm. here? Then the G that it would talk back to you the way that you kind of talked to it. I think it would be really interesting to see the games go to that, you know, level of realism, honestly. Cause then yeah. it would be based on your demographic. It would be based on exactly. the conversations you have with your friends in the backgrounds and stuff like that. Because you know, everybody talks differently to everybody. I don't talk to my wife the same way I talk to my best friends. I don't talk to my best yeah. friends that way. I mean, the way I talk to my coworkers is completely different than the different. people I talk to outside of my job. Yes. So that absolutely. would be thing that I would like to see implemented. That would be a really cool thing. That's a really cool. good question, though. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic question, Jonathan Smith. Thank you. Uh, Dave Ramos sends in a question. Hey, folks, can you take out your technical magnifying glasses and tell us consumers, could the Switch provide an enjoyable experience with modern Call of Duty games? Or alternatively, how long do you think it would take for, de for a developer to deliver such uh, a game? Uh, so... Mm. I go first if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. The, the, the Switch has surprised us sometimes. I know it's a potato hardware-wise, but hey, we have games like Doom running the, on on that uh, machine. So I think at the end, of the question is how much of a how much are, are developers uh, willing to sacrifice? Uh, I mean, the, the, like the footprint of Call of Duty has always been 60 FPS. Uh, ever since the 360 PS3 generation, Call yes. of Duty games have been running at 60. So I don't see them sacrificing that. But um, so, yeah, they would have to dial down resolution, level of detail, things like that. Um And it's a good question. How how far can they reduce that to make a Call of Duty run? I don't think it will be a, a question because at the end, um, if this deal goes through, let's say, by summer and Nintendo uh, uh, then gets Call of Duty games, that doesn't mean that the this year's Call of Duty is absolutely no way coming to the Switch. Mm -hmm. That that. That version isn't in the works, and I highly doubt that the next year's version is also going to come. They will need a, a few years to adapt to uh, to to get or get the the Switch version into the, in the development pipeline. So I I would assume that we are then already talking about the Switch 2 being the target hardware. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Whew. People know I love my Switch. Switch is awesome. Me too. Man, at some point, Switch. before the pandemic, I said there were times where, when this was my most played system. I used to travel mm -hmm. a lot yeah, for, for work reasons. Um, yep. So it, I I love my Switch. It's a fantastic console. I still play it a lot now. Uh, nowadays, especially with my kids, they are old enough. They are five and six years old now. So we play a lot on the Switch. Cannot wait to play the Mario Kart uh, map pack, by the way, that just dropped. Uh, it literally just them. dropped. Shout out to the yeah. team giving you a traditional way and at least they give you a non-traditional way to actually get it instead of having to get that expansion um pass the season yeah. you know the um 
the online expansion online pass. thing yeah it's like oh cool at least i could buy it separately for 24 which i mario kart's the main reason to own a switch if you mm. don't own one already guys but um yeah i agree i think in general when it comes to nintendo it's time for a refresh of mm-hmm. this system now the question also because well the, the biggest question for me comes down to how much does Nintendo care about being the most sold console of all time? Because yeah. the Switch will do it. If it's just long enough on the market. If, if it's long <laughs> enough on the market. Because the yeah. most, unless they just come up, because I think we're at a point now where I'm not saying that the well, they could just come out with a more powerful switch and just call it yeah. like call it the Switch Pro. And then it would just count sales just like the switch oled does and everything else it mm. all counts towards just switch in general but it really just depends on if they plan on refreshing it completely keeping that same handheld um hybrid system but doing calling it completely something different because once they do that not saying that switch sales are going to die but they're going to pretty much kill it at that point yeah and people yeah. are just going to want to just get the newest thing at that point especially since nintendo has it been the type of company that's going to <laughs> they'll price gouge you to death when it comes to the games and never drop the <laughs> price of it but Indeed. they won't price but they don't really price gouge you on a system like the systems they usually don't try to go above 300 350 they don't yeah. go up to the 400 price range which they leave it at a uh, approachable price point for the mass market for the mass market yeah. it, it, and honestly in my opinion i feel like they should because i feel like nintendo's one of the few companies that could probably get away with a 400 system that is more marketed towards everybody uh, because I think that's kind of what they need when it comes to like just how our games and stuff are going at this point. So one of my favorite games on the Switch was Diablo um, 3, which yeah. most people don't know. Diablo 3 on the Switch, that's the best version of Diablo 3. It's even better than PC. <laughs> It is the best. I, I have it. I have it on the I Switch. Have, I have it on everything. Yeah. It, it's literally the like, okay. I don't if, have it on, on, on everything. Count, I have it on Xbox, Nintendo, and PC. So some of the performance issues yeah. that the Switch does have, which it does have some issues, but as a a game, that game is built to be in handheld mode. Yeah. And yeah. It, it it just it's great it over is. there. But Absolutely. You, I can't wait for Diablo 4 to come out. I already got it pre-ordered and waiting for the yeah, I mean, beta to come the out. Super special, special yes, yes, the super special special Yes, yes, the $100 version of it. Yep, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I do think that they just need to do something when it comes to that because Call of Duty is it's all about 60 frames per second. Mm, fast twitch yeah. play, gameplay. Now a lot of people are going to say that they could do something like cloud streaming. I I don't know how I feel about I Call of Duty doing that, especially when you got games like Fortnite that are natively on the system and, and that yeah. is the type of game that you're kind of going up against when you're doing like that. You also got games like people laugh at it, but you got a shooter like Splatoon on a system that runs at 60 frames per second yes. that has a very huge audience on the Switch. And, um, and Doom runs at 60. And, and Doom, yeah, exactly. So I said you have a lot of games that definitely do that. So I do think that they do have to refresh fresh that in order to have but do you yeah. also remember when phil spencer made those statements about the deal he also talked about he just said nintendo platforms he didn't yes. specifically say the switch yes he said nintendo platform so i don't think this iteration of the switch would see it 
But mm-hmm. I do think whatever their next thing that I keep hearing rumors, yes. shout out to Spawn Wave, you know, talking about all of the different things that they're hearing about Nintendo in the background. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance that we might get some type of information this year or even a refresh this year Ooh. of the Switch that we don't even know about that's coming. Which will be a, a refresh, a refresh in, in like they power, did with, with the OLED or really no, like no, I think they, they from at this point they really can't the refresh of the system was the OLED. I think yeah. the next refresh needs to be more power. More power. It, it has oh. to be more power if they're gonna do anything. Gotta pre-order it the day they announce oh, it. You know that. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yep, gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Lambert in chat says, uh, Metroid Prime also running at 60. Man, I'm still waiting for my copy. Damn you, Amazon. <laughs> oh, you ordered it through Amazon and still haven't got it yet? No, I haven't. Uh, Is it a pre order through Amazon? Um, I can tell you it, like this. We got, first of all, we got it two days late at GameStop. Okay. Got it two days late. And uh, we still haven't been restocked on it since it came out on the 21st mm, and okay. nowhere websites don't have it it's going for over a hundred dollars on Am- on ebay right now that's crazy because that i mean it's a 40 dollars game selling for 120 dollars on ebay that's so crazy it, you would think that nintendo would be like oh we need to get more of these out there but i always i always look at the cyclical side of nintendo mm. they're the only company that will tell you months in advance that we're going to release a game you know mario 3d all-stars and say it's only available for six months and after six months we're taking it away from you and they're basically building in resale value at the third party side of it by telling people that and they're doing the same thing with this metroid prime and the it keeps them relevant honestly it keeps their it keeps their games and their software relevant because Guess what's going to happen? As soon as they do a refresh and they release those Metroid Primes out there or they release yeah. another run of the Mario 3D All-Stars, what's going to happen? Um, people will automatically buy them, uh, buy them instantly because they, they are scared. Yeah, And Nintendo doesn't care how it's bought. They just care if it's bought. Uh, now I need to check my <laughs> Amazon <laughs> yeah, right. order again. I think because get this. The game's awesome, by the way. I got... I, I bought... Can I imagine... Um, I bought a I bought a copy of it. I put about six hours into it. It's it's really good and it's it fits the handheld um, ecosystem very very well. Mm. So hang on, where is it? He's yep. like, man, still still, still on back still, order. Yeah, still on back order, man. When did you when did you pre order it? Late. Um. When did you do it at the? Hang day on. The, when did I? Twentieth February twentieth. Okay, so you did it the day before it out. It came mm-hmm. out. Okay, yeah. So yeah, you're you're way back in the. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm still waiting for that. I, I can't hey. wait. Uh, to, to, so to play so it. you so this is what I tell you to do going forward. You be the the words of wisdom to anybody that's buying Nintendo products. Tell mm. them if the game seems like it's going to be a really good game. Nintendo likes to do stuff like this, so you don't want to wait to the last minute Mitch. to get your pre-order in on a Nintendo game because it's a good chance that you probably won't be able to find it after the fact. I'm I'm gonna pre-order uh, Zelda Tears of Kingdom right away. 
I'm that. telling uh, you, I mean, yeah, yeah. you saw the collector's editions already gone. That thing, yeah, three, I wouldn't go go for that anyway. But uh, yeah, twenty dollars yeah. for that thing. I did it, but I was like, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't blame you, man. I can't blame you. I, I'm gonna just uh, order the pre-order the regular uh, edition. Right. Uh, yeah. John TJ writes in a two dollar super chat and says, "Do you think? <coughs> excuse me. Um, do you think Nintendo making uh, makes an actual console? Man, the Switch is a console, man. It's a console that you take to go with you. And I, I think that they will stick with the f hybrid format. It has been so successful for yep. them. Um, And what would be the, the 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 other way? If they make an actual console, they would also have to make a handheld again, uh, because that's what they used to do. And they always mm -hmm. had the handheld and the and the home console. Um, so I don't think that they are going to to switch that concept uh, up. Um, at least not in the foreseeable future. I will think they will stick with that. Um, that format or they do something really crazy completely new like they did with the wii or something um mm -hmm. i don't know um but yeah since it's been so successful my guess is they stick with that that approach at least for one um, year yeah yep um so last question before i let you go uh oh, babari yeah. 90 <laughs> well, we 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 have a few. <laughs> so, uh, Bavari ninety said says, uh, "Hey guys, since Phil Spencer mentioned that June showcase, what do you want to see most gameplay wise from an already announced Xbox first person uh, first party game?" He wants to see Fable. He's dying to see Fable. Have a wonderful podcast. Whew, that's the one that I don't think you're going to see. Unfortunately, really, you don't see. Uh, you I said, think don't Fable. Because mm. Fable, for some, I feel like Fable is a twenty is a, is going to be their fall twenty twenty four game. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that's going to be the game that you're going to see at the early showcase of next year. Mm. Probably the one that's going to be in February or March because they're because if they keep up the same cadence, they'll probably do another one in February or March next year, yep. and that will be the one that's leading into E three. And uh, it just really depends on when Fable is going to release. Is it going to be the holiday game or is it going to be like an early or mid um, year game? Yeah. Um, I would like for people to see Fable. I just feel like Fable. If we do see Fable, will it be what people want to see? Will it be an actual? Will it be gameplay? Will it be something more like mm -hmm. we saw with Starfield where they just show like it in engine? We could probably see something like that at at, at uh, E3 this, or not E3 at the June showcase. I mean, we've seen uh, Starfield. They've shown continued gameplay for that. Uh, yeah, that's what, like, yeah, I'm talking about the initial time they showed it outside. I, of the initial, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. No, I don't think they can do that again because they've already had like a CGI trailer or something. And even if it's just an yeah an in-engine trailer, I don't think that's enough. So the next time you have to show it, you have to at least. Maybe not like 10 minute continued gameplay, but you know, like these segment uh, little snippets, 10 well, seconds. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Snippet. They'll do something like they did with Hellblade, where all that, was, yeah, where it was technically in engine, but you weren't like in the playable scenario where you're behind the character, which is what I think a lot of people want to see. Um, so f for me, I already mentioned it earlier. 
um, Hellblade is number one. It's the one. It's the one that I, I, mm. I, that's the one that I'm looking forward to the most because I feel like that's the game that um, it seems like that has the opportunity to be the game that showcases what the Xbox can do, period. Where I think mm-hmm. Starfield, Starfield is the most anticipated game because of just the grab, the, the, how huge that game is, how game big is. the franchise is, the depth um, and the, the name it carries and, with in the name it uh, carries itself. But what I think when it comes to just taking advantage of what the power of the Xbox can do, yeah, being only on Xbox and only on PC, even on Starfield, the same thing, but it was also being developed to be a PlayStation game at some point, too. So that build is still out there somewhere. I do think that. Hellblade has a chance of just being something marvelous, especially mm. when you're playing it. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to the most is that one game. That's a good one, man. Um, that's definitely a good one. I'm I'm with him on on Fable. Uh, I, I I see potential it being there because over the last I want to say six months or so, we have um seen a lot of Xbox executive. Ma- mentioned fable from matt booty to major nelson phil himself everyone is mentioning how great the game looks and that they want to give the that's the, true the, the team the chance to show it when they feel it's ready and and not dictate it on them and, and we've heard it so many times so i kind of have the feeling also it's been a very long time in development um that's true in uh, six plus years uh, is what we are looking here so that's definitely one but the other one that I want to mention here is Avowed. Um, yes, I'm that. a huge, I'm a huge Obsidian fan. Um, I I love that. I love the high se- life. I love a high fantasy setting. Um, and basically, what f- everything we've heard so far about the game, um, officially and unofficially via leakers like uh, uh, our good friend Jess Corden, um, it is ma- more or less Obsidian's take on Skyrim. The, saying that out loud alone gives me goosebumps. I, I, the, the the incredible talent of having deep RPG systems, having like a, a down to the point writing in in in, in conversations um, with Obsidian, and now having like the proper funding, the proper budget, the the support on a technical level, and everything. Um, I I cannot wait to see what Avowed is gonna be. I mean. Um, so, yeah, but there's there's so that's the thing. There are so many Xbox games uh, to look forward to. Um, so let's yeah, so, let's hope. Yeah, somebody yeah. in chat said um, the Indiana Jones game. They're really looking forward to seeing that they see yeah. since the movie comes out this year. Yeah, I do think that you might, you probably will see something from that on there. Uh, and now that I think about it, uh, I do think you'll see Fable. Now that I think about it, I was thinking more of <laughs> uh, Perfect Dark. We're not going to see this year. No, we're not mm. going to see that. Mm. Uh, I, I so, you they don't. have so much stuff going. That's the one I was actually thinking about. Perfect Dark is the one we're not going to see this year. Uh, Fable, yeah, I do see them showing something. I don't know how much of it they're going to show, but I'm really interested just to see what um, turn not turn ten what Playground does with their first game that's not a racing game inside of that engine. And that's going to be something we yeah. already know that they know how to make a world 
and make it look yes. lively and make it look like photorealistic because Forza Tech Engine is really, really good when it comes to that. Now I just want to see if all of the graphical designers and all of the engineers and all of the artists that they made, they brought over to the project that they've been hiring consistently over the course of the last couple of years, how that all gets put together in telling a narrative yeah. story like Fable. And that's what a lot of people are looking forward to. So I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. How will they, how good will the writing be? How good are they in, in quest design, in, in character animation, right. things like that? Um, gonna. Man, I think the so quest design side might actually be surprisingly well for them because they are already used to working in the open world. They already are used to having like point A to point B when it comes to like designing quests inside of Forza. Now they just have to do that in more of a near the spoken way when it comes to like interactions with other people instead mm. of you just going to an area doing this, going to an area doing that. So I do think they have idea of how that works it just you know until you see it and practice that's the thing that people are really looking forward to the most i just yeah. want to see what the map looks like for the first time because remember when they showed um the map from skyrim the first time mm, and everybody yeah. was like this is ridiculous <laughs> that's and what i'm was, looking for. we had no idea how big it actually was yeah, um, yeah. It was bigger once you got into the game because they only yeah, yeah. a part of it it was yeah, yeah, man. TJ in the chat says Avout has the original writers from Koto working on Avout. They I do. did not know that. Awesome. Um, they do. That's a good one. I love Koto. It's 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 a, it's a game I play. I want to say once a year. It, it, I I love it. Um, you play I, it on uh, what? You play it on still original Xbox? Um, no, you, I have it emulated uh, on PC. That's where. Yeah, and uh, actually, I tried it on mobile. I, I did a full playthrough on the mobile version. It's I only beat like two games or so on mobile, and Kotor is one of them. Um, Man, just yeah. laying in your bed playing Kotor. <laughs> actually, I play a lot in bed, uh, usually via xCloud. Um, Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, um. Since you said you have a few, uh, let's let's bring in the very last question of the okay. day because it's also a good one. True Iron Leg writes in and asks, "What IP would you like Microsoft to revive first from the ABK deal?" Ooh, from the ABK deal. What do man? They have so much. I wanna. I I have instantly, of course, Starcraft in mind. I was gonna say, listen. The one, the one, I love StarCraft. Actually, it's my desktop background right mm. now for my PC. No nice. The one thing that I've always, like, had uh, just, I can't stand Blizzard for is the fact that we never got StarCraft Ghost. Yes. I always mm. wanted StarCraft Ghost. Ghost. I always wanted. Oh, man, that Nova, looked so fantastic. I always wanted the Nova story to just be told. And yeah. Starcraft would definitely be it because it just seems like ever since the last patch that they did for Starcraft 2, it's been just mm. nothing. Starcraft is definitely up there for me. Um, Absolutely. Harry in chat says Tony Hawk. Mm, Tony Hawk's not yeah. dead, though. 
I mean, they just released. Well, they just well technically they just did remasters of one and two. So that's the last thing they did. They, did they were proper remakes, five. actually. But yeah, they they, they were fantastic, man. I love. Yeah, they them. were. They were really good. Um, they were really good. Um, there's not too much that they haven't. So they 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 made a Spyro game recently. They still do Crash games. Mm. Oh, Transformers! I need them to. I need. Ooh, I need. I that's need a good Transformers one. Transformers to come back because that yeah. that was made by High News High Moon Studios was yep. uh, War for Cybertron. I need Microsoft if this deal does go through because they do own the rights. Activision owns the rights to yeah. those IPs. I need them to get the licensing to make a. a uh, who I need, I need High New Suyu to make another Transformers game. That is the one that thing I've good always one. missed out on ever since they stopped doing them. Those Transformer games, War for Cybertron, Fall of Cybertron, those were so good. Yeah. Really good games. So, yeah, that's what I want them to revive. Transformer franchises will be really good fits inside of Game Pass. Um, the marketing probably for them won't be as much, especially since the you know transformer isn't the same thing as it used to be. But for people that remember those games, they were mm. incredible. I uh, great shout, man! Great shout, absolutely. Um, Pitfall is the one that comes to mind. Pitfall, yeah, okay, yeah. Pitfall, I I played that on um, uh, my Super Nintendo. Uh, I, I mm. love Pitfall. Mm. Dronti Chase sends in a $5 super chat. Thank you, man. He says, bring back prototype Vigilante V8 and Blue the Racing Combat game. I never played Blue the Racing I Combat never did game. Either. So, I, I but played a lot of prototypes. Vigilante. Vigilante, yeah, man. That was a good one. I played that on the N64. Do you still have all your old consoles? I do not. I. In a in a weak moment during my mid twenties, when I ran out of money, I saw, sold them. Uh, and and now I regret now. it, man. I regret it now. Like I, yeah, I, I do the same thing. It's like I think about all the consoles I had, and I was like, mm. the only old console I still have is my original Xbox. Everything else, oh. I I recycled out. And the only reason I still have my original Xbox is because I emulated it, and then. It's hooked up. It's hooked up in our um, in our game room where we can go back and play all the games on there. But mm-hmm. um, sometimes I, I, not even sometimes, I do regret getting rid of that stuff now. Yeah, I, I, the, the, the thing is, I really had like every console I want to say that came out after the NES. Mm-hmm. I think maybe some weird. Once I, I even also had a miss at one point, and that thing mm, was nice. Right. That thing is two hundred dollars uh, per cartridge. Yeah, yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was a Christmas and birthday gift in itself just to get a game. Yeah, one game. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So no, I, I do regret it. I did get um, a cut or bought over the years like a few of them back. So I still have a GameCube, for instance, is one of the most underrated consoles I ever made. Um, right next to Dreamcast. Dreamcast. I still have. A, I bought a Dreamcast like five years ago or so. Again, um, what else do I have? I have a Mega Drive as well. Ooh, um, okay. I have a Super Nintendo and I have a Game Boy and a Game Boy Advance. Oh well, you recoup so, some of it at least. Yeah. So I uh, some of them I I got back, but I I regret selling them all. Um, would be an awesome collection. 
by now. Yeah, the cool thing about those games I always look back on is sharing them with your friends, being able, because there was no internet back there like that. Yeah. And being able to say, oh, I have a Genesis or I have a, I have a Nintendo. You have a Nintendo. Oh, that turtle, that, that teenage using Ninja Turtles game. Let me borrow that. I'll let you borrow my life force. or I'll let you borrow my, you know, my Contra or something like that. You know, yeah. just being able to, the, you know, the, the proper way to share a game was like that mm. back then. And uh, it, it, was, was, uh, it was, it was super fun, man. And that's the one thing I miss about that generation. Um, and then the only other thing I miss about it is just the camaraderie of being able to just play with your friends on a couch. Yes. You know, we, we take it for granted now because, you know, we can do stuff like we're doing now with a podcast. We can see each other this way. We can talk yeah. on Discord or Xbox Live parties. But the one thing that, you know, the only negative to that is just the ability to, like, have fun with your friends in a setting. Yeah. And gaming will never be as f- I don't care what people say. You yeah. will never have as much fun playing games as you did when you had to carry a large Trinitron CRT TV to, to another friend's, to your friend's house to play Halo or anything like that because it was so amazing to do stuff like that because that's yeah. what that's what that's what true gaming was back then. It, yeah. It, any means necessary, yeah. you will find yeah. a way to play your games. <laughs> I remember specifically, um, you know, you get your driver's license in Germany when you're 18. I was 16 or 17. Uh-huh. And at a friend's house, he made a LAN party with Diablo 2 at the time. And uh, I, was, I asked my mom whether she can drive me there because like carrying my PC and my CRT there. She goes, I'm not driving you to that stuff. And I had to walk like 40 minutes to my friend's house carrying the monitor, had to walk back carrying the PC there. And then I spent like three days straight over at this house, you know, with eight guys in one room. It's like those moments, man, it's it's different. It's different than what you have today. As much as I appreciate online and all the convenience it provides, um, yeah. uh, it, it, it was a different time, yeah? Um, so we real serious. Like we take it serious now, but we took it way serious back then. Yes. <laughs> this is tamed <laughs> compared to what it used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, man. Uh good times, good times. So yeah, I think uh that brings this show to an end. Uh oh, we are almost closing on the three-hour mark, man. Um, but that what's ha- that's what happens when you have fantastic conversations. The time yep. just flies, man. So I want to say a big, big thank you for taking the time to come on here today. I had a blast. I absolutely appreciate you coming on. Um, thank you. And let everyone know where they can find you and what you've coming up. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Like I said, sorry it took so long to get to this point, mm. but um, you know, better late than never. Um, but for myself, uh, I really appreciate you and everything you do. You know, the journey that you've been on with this channel over the course of the last appreciate five years, that, man. Um, you know, could never the success couldn't happen to a better person. Um, I I know that you put a lot of hard work into this, and I know it's going to pay out for you in the end. And shout out to your amazing, you know, chat that you have here. Um, Thank you. 
you know, it's a lot of crossover from a lot of people I see in other places. And that's the one thing yeah. I'll say about the community. We all support the people that need to be supported. So make yeah. sure you guys hit the like button, share this with everybody so we can get more people in here for his next show. It's always a great time in here. But for myself, Gaming Forte, yeah. YouTube, Twitter, Xbox Live, and PlayStation, we have DPS Podcast. That's me and my homeboy, Slumbo Backslap. We do that every Thursday, 9 p.m. EST. It's going to be on my channel this week. So um, make sure you, he said he has a link in the description. So it is. Go check that out if you want to see it tonight. Absolutely. It's going to be a great time. We're going to talk about a lot of the stuff that happened today or this week and last week. And um, it's going to be a great time. But other than I that, love your just, show, honestly, you got you guys, you don't find that often uh, th where just two people have like this chemistry and, and mm -hmm. a conversation feels so natural. So highly recommend to check DPS out for everyone. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, we, we fight a lot. That's that's, that's <laughs> no, <laughs> but it is because it, 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 it is com it comes across so natural with you. Yeah, it's, because it's, we genuinely disagree on a lot of different things. Yes. It's funny when we do agree on certain things, but it's, ultimately we are. That's the thing. We can disagree and still be friends at the end because guess what? Exactly. We're talking about the thing we love the most, which is games. We're not talking about each other's families and how we hate this and hate that. No, we're talking about yeah. video games and that's supposed to be what the conversation is. And the moment you can appreciate that is the moment you can appreciate just having a genuine conversation about anything when it comes to like just the thing, the hobby you love. So that's yeah. how we do it. And that's how we're going to continue to do it. So if you like that, come check us out tonight. And once again, I really appreciate you, and we're gonna have to get you over there on our show. Nice. We're gonna have to, even if we gotta make I'll a change you. in the schedule to get you over there, because you know we know nine p.m. <laughs> is, is real late for you. Yeah, it's three a.m. for me. Right, so. <laughs> so even if we gotta do a, you know, do a change to get you over there, do it on a. I'd love day. that, man. Yeah, we'll get you I'd over there one day. We'll we'll talk awesome. back in about it. But I appreciate the we'll invite as always, and um, great show as always. Oh, thanks again for coming on. R truly appreciate you. Love, love your insight. Um, love the takes you have uh, and, and all that you do for the community. And um, super appreciate you taking time to, to join us here today. So thanks, everyone, to uh, also in the chat, man. Um, a big shout out to you guys. Also, shout out to everyone who listens after the fact on the podcast services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Truly appreciate you guys. Also, I want to say a big thank you for the super chats that came in. Um, means a lot and helps a lot. Uh, the support is amazing. Can't thank you guys enough. Um, next week, we're going to have a wandering Dutchback uh, from his vacation in the Netherlands. Um, uh, so he, he will uh, resume his, his uh, position of the co-host. And we have... Uh, another great guest lined up, but I can't announce it yet because he's like on a, he said to me, like, he can't, can make it 90%. I, I should wait with the announcement uh, if, if nothing uh, changes. So definitely stay tuned for that. Other than that, I'm already working on the next video. So keep an eye out for that. But for now, I want to say again, a big thank you to Forte. Shout out to Mev who joined us for the most part of the show. Um, shout out to you guys. And I see you guys next week. And don't forget to game on.